Hey, let's get down to it, boppers. Hey, buddies. Hey, pals, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-0-FEZ. That's 866-RON-0-FEZ. Thanks of you that have come over from the After ONA Show, where uh, I just went over a couple really uncomfortable moments with a male flirt run by the name of Sam. And uh, we also have an E-Rock mystery, if he'd like me to solve it. I'm Mannix. When it comes to a mystery. I'm a crime-solving motherfucker. Uh, and, Hicks, you know this about me. Oh, I understand this completely. Um, but, you know, some people, they're like, well, I think some people don't want to find out the truth. Um, it's all part of it. Time for your Ichibans, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Fez Watley on deck today. Looking strong. I'm going to guess not an Eggman today. Ah, okay. What's bothering you today, Mr. Watley? Well, uh, actually, it's uh, it's an ode to breakfast. I had a bad day last week, and it was say- stated that there was a breakfast ode. What's bothering you today, Mr. Watley? Well, uh, one thing that's bothering me is that we uh, have an auction going on for Mikey Boy's school. We don't have an auction going on. You and Mikey Boy have an auction going on. Right. And right now there is just a little over an hour left where you can bid on coming to Sirius XM and spending the day with me. I'll be taking you around the place on a tour. Well, how's that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. The bad thing is, uh, we have five, it's, uh, we need to up the bids. We need to up the bids is what we need to do in this last hour. You'll be spending the day with me, Fez Watley. All right. It'll All be right. a blast. All right. Time for your Ichiban. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Your chance to get in on the Ron and Fez show. And talk about whatever the big story of the day is, the story that's got the kids talking. We are in the midst of March Madness. We are a world at war. Three different wars, the U.S. is. The tsunami aftermath. And, of course, uh, the fact Chris Stanley back. So there's so many things to talk about. Pick up your telephone now and say, God damn it, I'm tired of being a listener. I want to be a contributor. I want to be part of this. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. John in Ohio, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ron, got an Ichiban for you. Oh, uh, then I'll hit this. Once again, Philly fans and the Eagle fans tie for first place 
as the worst fans in America, according to GQ magazine. Uh, now, these type of things come out, and Philadelphia always does very, very well for itself as far as being the best of the worst. But what want, uh, what constitutes a worst fan? The fact that they sell out the fucking joint? The fact that they want and demand excellence? I mean, I will tell you this about uh, a Philadelphia fan. Unlike the town that Fez Watley grew up in. If that team's losing, the fans still show up. Now, are they going to boo? Are they going to bitch? Yes, they will. But they will also be involved where the Tampa Bay fans will go uh, sailing. So I don't know if it makes you that horrible of a fan to care about your franchise and want it to do well. Glad we could have this give and take on this, uh, John. I'm, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm usually by now you hang up on me. Yeah, they just brought up the the Santa Claus and the Michael Irvin deals. What they brought up. Again. All right, both the Santa Claus happened many many years ago, where a Santa Claus showed up at an Eagles game, went out at halftime, and was pummeled with sixty thousand uh, snowballs, and they basically had to be carried out on a door. But as my uncle pointed out to me. The guy was fucking skinny. His beard looked like shit. He deserved the fucking snowball in the back of the head. I go, put 60,000 of them. Either way, don't worry about it. Yes, handicapped children have been booed there for performing badly at halftime. All these things have happened. Yes, they booed booed the kids at a father and son game on the fact that uh, the kid's dad wasn't hitting. These things go down, but it's because the... People care about it. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Jeff, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, Fezzy, I just wanted to say, have you ever done anything on eBay before? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, you know how it works. I mean, it gets down to the last minute, and you'll have, like, a freaking feeding frenzy. I'd love to bid on it, but I'm in Illinois, so. uh, Jeff, let me point this out. How do you blame bidders if this is maybe the third time you've ever brought it up and there's an hour left? Fez has four hours a day to promote this thing. Um what is it? What is it up to right now, Fez? It's up to five hundred and fifty dollars. That's embarrassing. I'll spend the day with you for five hundred and fifty dollars. You'd be better off fucking peeling six hundred out of your pocket and saying I don't even want to fucking see this low baller. I mean, I can't believe that you've got to spend the day with somebody and they're only throwing out five fifty. That's like fucking helping a friend move. It's an embarrassment. But Hicks. You are the super producer of this show, a solo producer. I wouldn't say that, Ronnie B. I'm just a guy trying to get the job done. I like the humility. It's great. <laughs> Humble Chris Stanley. Now, you've seen how many times Fez has phoned silent or said, I got nothing to add. or I don't. Why not bring that into his bidding talk? I don't know, Fez. I don't know. Right now, Mad Dog is going for $31,000. Holy shit. Martha Stewart, $114,000. Now, here's the difference. You go around the world with her and you keep the tape. So, I mean, these people are doing stuff that matters. They're doing stuff. Fez, what are you planning on doing? Just walking the person around the halls? It's basically you're going to see a day in the life of Fez Watley as I take you through Sirius XM. But do they do they get to sit in your fucking therapist office? Do they see you walk through fucking sales and 
not have a conversation? Do they know the fact that you're going to go up to the talent department and hear, yeah, I know, I already told this to Zito five minutes ago. They, you know, ineptness is not what people are looking for. They're looking for excitement. You should be saying, I'm also going to bungee jump with you. I got an idea right here. I don't think it's ever been done. Has everyone tried to bungee jump into the ground zero pit? No. Something that you can't get anywhere else. Um, Sounds dangerous and disrespectful. Uh, Dan, Dan in Albany, you're on the fence. Yeah, Ronnie, I have a, a conundrum myself. I don't know who I should bid for. I, I can hang out with Fezzy, or I can hang out with Just John. Fezzy, are you a webmaster? No, I am not a webmaster. Do you build Legos? No, I don't go near the Legos. But it's a very good point. We know more about Just John, and, and his thing has been pitched more than Fez's on this show. Hey, Ronnie. I mean, if anything... Mikey Boy must be fucking frustrated that he has to walk back down to his hoity-toity school and tell these people, well, this is all the bid is. How come? Well, my guy didn't promote it. He really didn't care. How many weeks did you have to promote this? I think uh, four. Four weeks, and I believe this is the third time you've brought it up on air. Now, could you imagine if you were buying spots, if you were an ad agency, and we told them, don't worry, you're going to get three mentions in a month. These places go out and they try to get three mentions during a single show. This should be a big thing to give away. Um, Garth, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez. Yes. Hey, uh, on this day, uh, this day with you, you going to uh, share your meds with this buddy? Well, I mean, out, I guess that's a possibility. I don't know who wants blood thinners. <laughs> Let's get out, man. Look, look what else that you have on this list. Uh, a day on the set of Bored to Death. Uh, two VIP uh, passes to the tree lighting. These are all people that are beating you, Fez. One after another. You're coming in last place on this. Two tickets to the SNL dress rehearsal. You're up against some fucking big shooters, and you promote it three times in a month. Embarrassing. You should be saying to yourself, I got to beat SNL. I got to be bored to death. Um, here is uh, Alex. Alex, you're on Fez. By the way, the two tickets to the dress rehearsal, Saturday Night Live, uh-huh. $1,800 is going for right now. Uh, behind the scenes tour at the Museum of National History, beating you. One after another. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, if I uh, bet on this and win, will uh, Fez smoke some weed with me? Yes, absolutely. Fez will fucking mule dope for you. Can I come? Fez will go down to Miami, pick up, strap some fucking coke to his chest, tape it to his balls, and he will get it back here safely. Uh, because he wants to win this bid. Um, Bill. Two or two friends right now. There's about an hour left. About an hour left in this. All right. Here's another one. Uh, advice from the author Kali Jones. Now, have you ever heard of this author? I've never heard of Kali Jones. I read. I don't know who this is. They're beating you. Advice from them. What the fuck? Bill, you're on the Run of Fez show. If I win this auction, I'm looking at the website here. Will Fez take me to dinner and or a night out at the piano bar? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Bill, in Georgia, you're on Run of Fez. Ronnie, you should give him a break. His dad's dead. 
right, there is truth to that, but I'm just saying in the sense of an auction. Imagine go to the funeral with Fez Watley. What would that have been for? Be sitting in between Fez and, and his mom at a funeral. Now you're talking about a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The kind of thing that will knock Clyde Jones on his or her ass. What do we know about this, Jones? Jack shit. I got some fucking advice for you, Clyde. Get your name out there a little more if you're going to start selling your advice. Um... Anthony in New Jersey, you're on Fez. Yeah, hey Fez, on the tour, can you can we walk by the ladies' desk that you were stealing the candy off of? Oh, absolutely. If there's some out there still, we'll all get some. Oh, fantastic. All right, here's one. A consolation for your child with the Innovative Artist Talent Agency, 1600 bucks. Fezzy, why wouldn't you have done this? You'll do an hour of radio with someone. You'll get them in the radio. Use things. Why wouldn't you have the self-pride to beat some of these fucking bricks? Why do you wait for the last moment? You got to take something instead of reading a statement. Turn it into a big idea, bigger than life. Um, Brian. Brian, you're on Run a Fez show. What's going on, boys? I got some auction advice for Fez. Um, I just want to, he, he should uh, include like a meal or something, like lunch or breakfast or something. What do you think? I, here's, uh, this, this kills me. There's Regis tickets available. Four tickets to live. Normally cost you free. This is now gone for $901. Um, here is, uh, Craig. Craig, you're on the fence. What's going on, buddy? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, like, I've been, I listen every day. I've listened to the promos when they run of him talking about it. And basically, his promo is just, hey, you can walk the halls of Sirius with me, Fez Watley, and get tickets to the Unmatched Show that I can go to Unmatched Show and get possibly for free if I'm in New York at the time. There, there was no incentive. Like to really on this. You know, everything is about packaging, making it bigger than life. Bigger than life the whole time. Um, Dominic, you're on running Fez. Hey, uh, hey Ron. Uh, if, if I win the auction, can I share a lettuce wrap with Fez? Or a cigar with you? Any of those things could have been up there. I'm looking over at this. Enjoy a private consultation with a New York literary agent, Jennifer Hunter. $950. That's twice as much as your bid right now. Literary agent. Tour the offices of Bloomberg in Midtown Manhattan. That's now going for $1,450. you have got the smallest thing of all. Uh, Jim, you're on running Fez. Yeah, can Fez get Pete Dominic to go to lunch with me if I win? See, the point could be this. You would be able to get in between a naked Fez Watley and a Pete Dominic. You would have had to watch this every day, up it every day, and pump it out. Now there's 40 minutes left in this. 40 minutes left. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Jamie, Pittsburgh, you're on run of Fez. During the tour, can I stumble into Shady 45 and then fight with an intern? It seems like all that stuff would have been able to go down. Uh, Dave, Dave, you're on run of Fez. Hey, I think the winners should be let in on Fez's secret. Absolutely. Cody, Wisconsin, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, if I bid on this and win, can me and Fez ride in a crowded elevator all day? Anything it would have taken to move the stick, Fezzy, 
to move it up there. But you don't have a sense of drama, of ex- excitement about this. You've just put it out there. Walk the halls with me, Fez Watley. And the fact that instead of talking about it on the air, making it bigger than life, you just run the cheap promo, a chance to read and put it out there. I'm not going to say this in the wrong way. I take this as a dick slap to Mikey Boy. On his face? Yeah. Now, in this case, it's a thin dick slap, but it's a dick slap near the... Uh, near, what would it be? Near? Nonetheless? Yeah, but I like to say nair in something. I like to use nair because I'm from, you know, England in the in the 1600s. Uh, Steve, you're on the Run and Fez show. Ronnie B., you're a genius. Hey, Fezzy, I was wondering if that would possibly include maybe a two-day, three-night stay at the Retard Island, maybe an endless bowl of uh, dead man's soup. Uh, right now, Fezzy, 925... It, let's. I mean, honestly... Be the last person to eat Fez's soup, his dad's last soup. Perfect thing to throw out there. Um, I wish I had some ashes left. They're auctioning off a day with Bill Clinton. Tour the offices of People Magazine in New York City and meet the executive editor, Betsy Glick. That's $925. This is just stunning that you don't know who you're even competing with out there, Fez, that you haven't uh, uh, picked up on the fact that you're in the deep end of the pool. Uh, Ruben, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, if I win the option, will Fez do a beard porn video with me? You would think. Not only that, but you could have went over to my dear friend Steve Leeds and said, Steve, what celebrities can you tell me are coming up in here so I can get my person pictures taken with those celebrities a chance for them to shake the hand that shook the world cheat a little bit and use this gift of steve leeds against everyone and everyone goes like this steve leeds what do you mean let me tell you something my friends steve leeds and the world follows and i want you to remember that now the other night Chris Stanley. And Chris, I see you just giggling along like life is a carnival. Like we're all in Austin smoking fucking fucking red dirt pot and just fucking hanging out drinking Lone Stars. Bomb ass weed. Talking about, oh, one time I was in this fucking bar and Willie Nelson came in. I don't, you know, that That's shit crazy, doesn't dude. impress me. You know what I mean? That doesn't have anything to do with me. But I will tell you something. The other night in New York City, it was a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the great Darlene Love was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Singing songs with her, Mr. Bruce Springsteen from Brooklyn, New York. Bruce Springsteen, the pride of Brooklyn, New York, came out and sang because Darlene Love is his favorite fucking singer in the world. And when she's getting her award teared up, who does she thank? Mr. Steve Leeds. Holy moly. She actually said, if it wasn't for Steve Leeds, I'd be just another chicken head crack addict uptown. Steve Leeds took me and molded me into a rock and roll giant. She'd be uh, on the pipe? So, Fez, what I'm trying to say is you could have used Steve to make this even better. Um, Let's go over here. Uh, Mike, Mike in Wisconsin. You're in front of Fez. Hey, I'd pay anything to see Fez and Anthony Stalker. Let me tell you something. With Anthony Stalker, I'll, I, this is an open invitation to Ant. I will take her off your hands, 
Give me her number and I'll start stalking her. I can't believe that he would turn his back on somebody who's obviously crazy about him. Sounds like love. Yeah. And the other thing, Aunt, this is a little teach you from busting a virgin. This is why they get a little caught up there. Oh, it's just insane right now. You're up against Bill Clinton. Um, here's Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, if I win the auction, can I find out what Fez got you for Christmas? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I don't even fucking want to have that brought up on the show again. There are some things that no one needs to know. Some horror is so deep, so twisted. No, to, If I told you that, it would be like the last scene of Raiders when the face uh, melts off. Oh, Jesus. Now, don't go, that wasn't the last scene. The last scene was when they had that giant warehouse full of stuff. Forget that. Fuck that shit. Right, that was a complete ripoff anyway of Mr. Orson Welles. And I would say that to Spielberg's face. Let's get him in here. And then, but I'd have to congratulate him on the comedy of Schindler's List. I know. I don't know if he'd appreciate that. Well, I watch it with the sound down and I make up my own voices. That's well, I call that improv class. Oh, boy. I am telling you right now, this thing could have been gigantic, Fez. John, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, if I win the auction, can I hose the sand out of Fezzi's ass? With your own piss. You can literally pee in his butt. Now, Fez, where was your sense of drama and excitement about this? Why did you let Mikey Boy and his two children down? And from what I understand from Mikey Boy, those kids will be kicked out of that school. I had no idea. But why didn't you get behind this? Why didn't you turn it into a big, fun thing? Um, why would you come in last? Well, it's uh, because that's uh, I'm too bad of a procrastinator, I guess. And um, I would have thought that since it was Fez Watley and hanging here at Sirius XM, the bids would have just come flying in. So really, this is because you thought too much of, of yourself. Do you realize what's going on in the country right now? Do you realize we have three wars? Oh, yes. Do you realize as of today... 57% of the fucking country is unemployed. Do you understand that in life, showing up isn't everything. You've got to work and work hard for the people who count on you. When is that going? When is that light bulb going to go off? That you suddenly. And you know what? I think it has to do with Hicks. That fucking Lady Gaga was born this way. I was born this way, so everybody accept me. No, lady. You've got to be born this way and then scratch your way up. Um, born this way on the Upper East Side with a bunch of money and every opportunity to succeed. <laughs> yes. Is that where she's from? Yeah. I thought she was from the hard streets, Madison Avenue and 93rd. Um, Bill, you're on Ronnie, I think the problem is people are afraid. They're, they're scared that that might be one of the days that Fez shits himself. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to be there when your favorite radio personality shits himself? You can take home the jeans. Uh, Kevin, you're on run of Fez. Yeah, I was thinking maybe it's that, uh, they're afraid that maybe they picture Fez as the Grim Reaper. 
afraid they might die if they get around him. I don't think I don't think Fez is the master of death. I don't believe that to be true. Uh, Greg, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, let me put down my dead man soup. Uh, Fez, you can teach people how to focalize or maybe weasel their way out of Seinfeld trivia. Um, by the way, it's time to fire the focalizer. Are we agreed on that? Focalizing isn't helping me. Mm. Look, I want. I feel like I should jump into this a little bit and help out. So I'll tell you this. You will be able to wave to Ron Bennington through the glass. Wow. Uh, as walking along. By the way, I understand Elizabeth Berkeley is in the building today. Yeah, she's coming around. And I want to get a little uh, look at her. I haven't seen her since Showgirls. Any given Sunday, she was a prostitute. Um, why weren't we offered her? I thought I brought that name up. Yeah, you probably did. I can't tell you how little I pay attention when you're bringing up names. They all seem like a nightmare to me. But here's what I want you to do, Hicks, to make up for this. All right. Get me a great name today. Get me a great name, a name that makes me go, bullshit. No way am I going to get this guy. All right, I'm on it then. No, 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 no. I want it today. Just like with Fez Watley's last-minute thing... I'm giving you a last minute. Okay. You fucked me out of Elizabeth Berkeley just because I didn't react to it. That's the funny thing. Hicks always pitches me these these guests, and I never really want them until I see them walking by the studio. And then I'm like, why can't they come in here? I told you. Well, you didn't tell me they would be walking by here. Supposed to be in the building, though. I mean... I'll tell you what, and I'm really pissed about this. We should have did spend the day with Chris Stanley. Yeah, he could have fucking hung out, gotten high as shit. Who cares? You would have gotten... All right, we're up to 650 right now since right. I said you could wave the run through the glass. For how long, though? Just, can they make eye contact? No. Okay. I'm going to have my hand up while I'm talking to you. All right. And just give a wave. And if you if you snap a fucking picture, I'll be attacked. I'll confiscate it. I'll just... Take their fucking camera. I wish you would do that anyway. I wish you would knock people's cameras down. Sure, like okay. Paparazzi. Start, start doing that. Um, Bill, you're on the Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. I want to I know if I could get the Sports Illustrated Fez brought you in the hospital if I win the auction. <sighs> Fez didn't. I kind of know what Mikey Boy feels like right now because I know what it's like to be forgotten about. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, Chris, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie, I want to know, am I going to get breakfast if Ronnie's, or Fez is having a bad day that day? Yeah, I think that maybe what you could do is snuggle up with Chris Stanley and share an egg McMuffin with him. Is that what you ate today? I had a couple bacon, egg, and cheeses from Lenny's, I believe. Hmm, two? Yeah, two. And if it's given to me, I have to eat it. Those are the rules. What time exactly were you eating? Because I stopped by the Lexington Candy Store and had a bacon, egg, and cheese this morning. I'd say around um, 10, 15, 10, 20. Here's the craziest thing. You and I ate breakfast together at two different spots. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. They'll text you next time. Hey, buddy, eating some bacon, egg, and cheese. What you doing? Uh, Jan, you're on Run Fez. Yeah, I wanted if I won the auction if I could hang with Mark Zito instead. You you can. You can take the pictures of his penis that he then sends out to other radio hosts. Oh. I had a little talk about him with uh, the male flirter today. 
Sam from the Sam and Dave show doing after hours. And like, he doesn't get the fact that Zito doesn't fucking get the fact of where he is. But then he didn't grow, grow up loving this kind of radio. He loved top 40. Yeah, he's a different, different breed, I guess. Different tribe altogether. Yeah. Different tribe altogether. Um, Corey, you're on the fence. Hey, Ron, I was wondering if I win this auction, can I break the seal on Fez? Anything you need to do. And I can't believe that I'm even helping him fucking here at the end. I'm kind of frustrated right now, and I'm borderline furious because, again, how much has Mikey Boy given us over the years, Hicks? So, so much. He's a saint. He's been amazing. He's the saint of the Internet. Yes. And, Fez, how could you only give him three mentions over four weeks? Yeah, it wasn't right. I mean, the promo was running, but I should have gotten some live mentions on. The promo is now going to be pulled because you're seeing the promo as a way of skipping being part of the show. That was only supposed to be an extra. But really, do you ever sit around and hear people go, I heard a great promo? You work in radio, right? Yes. Why is the reason why they want live fucking shows on? That's what people are listening to. Are you just trying to give the right answer? Are you trying to fucking say to yourself, what can I do to pull this thing out in the last... Oh, God, there's 45 minutes left. Oh, no. um, Go to 202 Friends and get the information there on how to bid. That sounds like a read. Thank you. Lenny. Hey, Fezzy, it's me, Lenny. How's it going? I was thinking of bidding on this. Um, uh, We'll go ahead and skip your bid, Lenny. But I, I was thinking of bringing uh, Mikey D with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. we're not going to be using your bid. I'm sure most people don't understand what's going on here. We didn't reset the table. Lenny is the guy from the Turkey Trot, and you've been Fez's long-term nemesis. Best friend. Best friend, Ron. Best friend, not nemesis. Uh, Lenny, I would take your bid today. And maybe even part of it is staying at Fez's house. Only because this ah. whole thing has gone so horrible. Now, Fez, Lenny is another of those guys. He wanted to like you. He did like you. And then somehow you and him had a falling out. Yeah, Lenny uh, thought he was being funny and playing a joke on me by acting all stalkerish. So, uh, not funny, not enjoyable, not something that if, that someone who wants to be friends with you would do. To annoy you to the point of making you nervous. Okay. Well, you know, yesterday I got an email from your one-time friend, Queen Elizabeth, who you launched off 202 Friends yesterday. Now, I don't want to say launched off of, because it did happen, um... Because, of course, Jerry from Mars is on Twitter now, and we had to make an acquisition. I mean, this is like getting Carmelo Anthony. I know. You definitely want him on your on your show. But out of everybody that you could pick that had to be cut, you picked Queen Elizabeth, and she's got her feelings hurt about that, Fez. See, I thought that was an obvious choice. Queen Elizabeth is uh, actually queen of negativity. She always used to attack East Side Dave. And then, uh. And you always used to attack Eastside Dave Till? There's a difference. There's an absolute difference in attacking in fun and attacking just to be a mean spirited person. There's an absolute difference, and Queen Elizabeth is on that other side of it. She can't put out her criti- criticism without it just being nasty. 
There's no, there's no healthy criticism to it. There's no constructive criticism to it. Well, Fez, you've turned it into a funny and fun bit, and I do appreciate that. Now, the people that have bid on you, what are their names? Uh, I, who are the, the seven bidders so far, right? Uh-huh. Who are they all? Um, I, I don't know their names. How would you not know who you're pitching to? How would you not know what you got to do to re-up those people? Those are your fucking Golden Circle Club. That's the you should be contacting them going, hey, I didn't even tell you. Here's some of the fun things we're going to be doing. You stayed passive with this. Now, I just went over to see uh, Queen Elizabeth's um, Twitter account so I could see what she said about you, and she's blocked. So at that point, why would we have anyone who's blocking like the general public to be seeing them anyway yeah no thanks that's got to be up in the air so that's you know i was trying to i was trying to be her defense attorney today but um how can i do that if i can't read what's going on with her there was no other choice who are we going to get rid of stalker patty i don't think so dr steve no billy staples not going to happen but why the queen I mean, there are some low lifes on this thing, Fez. I'm not pointing them out, but there's some people that really aren't that big of a deal. The queen, the red-haired queen herself, and she used to defend you against Eastside Dave. And then somehow you and her had a falling out. I, I wasn't even aware of this. Were you, uh, Chris? No, not at all. I was surprised the name came up. Mm. Uh, here's a surprising thing. And, Fez, you were telling me big battle going on with your hero, Bruce Valanche. Yeah, Bruce Valanche and James Franco. Bruce Valanche, of course, writes for the Academy Awards. James Franco was the host this past month. Uh, yeah, Bruce Valanche got asked about James Franco hosting the Oscars. Mm. And, you know, and he got, and James Franco got pissed that, uh, Valanche said, Franco just didn't get there as an Oscar host, and he was outside his comfort zone. What is Bruce Valanche supposed to do? Say it was the greatest Oscars ever? Well, here's what happened. Then he put up a uh, picture of Bruce Valance on his Twitter account. Wrote, James fucked up the Oscars. Trust me, I know comedy. I mean, come on, I write for Bette Midler. And then he had to take that down. These guys put up Twitter things that they think are going to be fun, and then everyone's like, you better fucking take that down, dude. So they get rid of it, but people have already screen capped it or whatever it's called. So uh, Bruce Valanche has written for the Academy Awards ceremony for years. 28 years, to be exact. Now, Fez, out of those 28 years, how many times has anyone said this was a really great Oscars? It hasn't happened a lot. Uh, Billy Crystal. That's the only time that anyone says, I love this Oscars. You would think, and I like Bruce, and I had him on the show, and I told him I thought that the time that the bit that he wrote for Bette Midler on The Last Carson was the highlight of television. But having said that, if you're the coach of a losing team for 28 years, and you take the team to like, I don't know, seven wins, 21 losses, at a certain point, you got to start look at the skipper. And why is it always going back to Bruce Valanche? I mean, they're talking about changing the way the Oscars are done because people are kind of bored by this. The, here's one of the problems with this. They're inner, anybody could be doing the jokes. Interchange the jokes any way you want. It wouldn't matter on that. They don't write to the person's 
personality. Now, wasn't he part of hey, uh, who the hosts are going to be? I mean, if you're the head writer for 28 years, nobody runs it by you? I, I don't think he was in on that decision. Then I would shut the fuck up and just say that when asked about it. I don't think he needs to be criticizing the host if he wasn't involved in the decision. He should have just said, hey, every year is different. I don't care. Why is this fucking kid still being beat up because the Oscars blow? I mean, he was fucking nominated for an Oscar this year, so it's not like he can't pull anything off. He knows how to act. Do you know anybody that could have sold those jokes this year? Oh, no. I thought the, I, I thought the whole ceremony was bad. Well, who's the head writer for that? Bruce Valanche. Well, then how's he skip out and become somebody else's fucking problem? He's the one with all the Oscar experience. Right, but if, it, if it's the experience of being shitty, that's nothing to, to brag about. You know, like they say the insanity is doing the same thing even after it fails, just redoing it. It seems to be like that's where the Oscars are from where it go here. They're done the same exact way with these little stupid tweets. You know, oh, we're going to tweak it here, we're going to tweak it there. James Franco didn't stand a fucking chance. And it's not like the chick who sold it hard came out looking any better. People thought she was a retard, too. Um, here's Dave in Michigan. You're on the run of face show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, uh, I was just wondering if I won the, win the auction, if Fezzi can set up the dinner that he owes everybody. You go out dinner, Eastside Dave, Pepper, you. That sounds like a lot of fun right now. Uh, we made a giant jump, thanks to You Can Wave Duran. We're at $900. $900 right now. I'm thinking about going up to the door and against the glass, pressing my hand against it, you pressing your hand back, and it'll be that kind of, you know, Midnight Express moment, except without the girl with the titties. That's very big of you, Ron. And maybe if you show your fucking tits, maybe I'll jack off on the glass. I don't know. I love that Midnight Express movie. It's great. But you think people would be crazy about this. Uh, here's uh, Michael Mann. You're on Fez. Hello, Ron. If I uh, win the auction, will Fezzy take me to Graceland? He's been known to take people to Graceland. Uh, Eggs, can I get a, a fucking update on the Elizabeth Berkeley where she is in the building? Is she going to be walking by here or do I got to jump up? You might have to jump up. I believe she's, she might be in LQ right now. I'm sending out feelers. LQ is right across the fucking hall from me. Yes. Why is he running down the hall? That's my feeler. <laughs> So you're up to $900, which is, in my estimation, a, a steal. An absolute steal right now. I just told you. Not only myself, Chris Stanley are both prepared to put it on the glass. But, Fezzi, I don't like the idea that we're the ones pitching these ideas for you. Why are we coming up with, hey, this? yeah, that's it. Open that window up for when she walks back. I want you to give me, when Elizabeth Berkeley walks by, I go, what's it like dancing without guys coming on you? 
Who who landed that line, Fez? Uh, I don't know who said that line in the movie. RBI guess. I'm trying to think. I don't know who said it. Robert Davi. Robert Davi. You need to know everything about every RBI guest. You need to know who are the people uh, bidding, making things happen out there, and what they need, how to up it. Uh, Joe, Joe, you're on a Fez. Hey, I'm wondering if I win the auction, if Fez will blow me. Not only you, but the losers as well. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. All right, we're opening up the windows all the way so we can see Elizabeth Berkeley walk by. She's in Alcu right now? She's in Alcu right now, yes. What time does she leave Alcu? Should be in the next five to ten minutes. Do you think that maybe we should do a bomb scare at Alcu to get her out of there? Sure, yeah, I can take care of that for us. Right now she's hearing this. Um, do you remember Showgirls? It was so campy and over the top. I love campy movies. Is this all we're going to talk about, showgirls? I don't know what it is about gay guys, but they like the worst possible movies, and then they watch them over and over and over. It's like that's all they get enjoyment out of, besides cock. You'll never hear, like, fucking eight gay guys going, come on over our house tonight, we're going to be watching Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It's great. Godfather's awesome. I know, they never do that. Goodfellas is on. Hurry up, everyone. Sonny Corleone, so hot. The uh, the good thing, though, about having uh, gay friends would be small plates. Uh, that you're just getting nice little delicious plates of food brought to you. That would be fantastic. Constantly at the top of fucking restaurant? The bad thing is I can't hang around people with little dogs. All right, there's Roland making the move. <laughs> E-Rock making the move. All right, are you guys going to try to slow her ass down? Is that what this is about? Do it in front of the window so I can see. Like right there? Yeah, just keep her in front of the window. Are you going to try to interview her? I'm going to try to get like one question, yeah. What do you do? You bother people in the halls. I thought that was the main thing in Sirius we weren't allowed to do. Yeah, but I asked the talent booker first, and then you're good. Who's her talent booker? Well, Spencer's doing it, but Roland is going to ask Spencer. All right, hold on. Can we just get something in our mind? Spencer is now doing 98% of the guests rolling through this place. He really is. I don't know what Roland's doing anymore. Uh... Roland has been off. We've been throwing parties and stuff. I know, well, yeah, the party was great. Everyone loved I that. Talk. But the fact of the matter is, even the rest of these people, Spencer is like a house of fire. He's a robot of booking ability. Uh, E-Rock, do you want to talk about your problem and I'm willing to solve it on the air? No, we figured it out. Was I right? No. Or write, it, write, write it down for me if you want. Um, okay. You don't want anybody to know. You've been get you've been getting some general harassment, and you think you know who's done it? If I was you, I wouldn't be there when Sam was asking his stoop. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So that was uh, definitely wasn't my original suspect because no, he wouldn't have done not that. At all. But that's where we can leave it for right now. Mm. Uh. Very, very weird. If you like, we can uh, have her stop right there. Yeah, it would be perfect. Okay, that's what we'll do. I just want to get a, just a gander at the great Elizabeth Berkeley, uh, who shocked the world with Showgirls. Love that movie. Same director as Starship Troopers. Now, Fez, what is our other connection with that movie? Uh, RBI. All right, this I think I know. Yeah. The writer. What's his name? 
Joe Lester House. Very good. Strong answer, Fez. Strong, honest answer. Fez Watley bringing it from A to B, locking it down. And that's the excitement level of what's going to be happening if you win the auction with Fez Watley. Now, I also heard back from Mikey Boy, if this is anything less than $1,800, you guys will never talk to me again. He's still laying down that kind of fucking ultimatum? He needs to. But what he should have done is said this four weeks ago. Yeah. Four weeks ago, before we shit on it, threw it off as promos as something to get out of our fucking mind instead of committing ourselves to. Like, oh, if I do a promo, nobody else ever has to deal with it. Fuck no. This is exciting stuff. You're walking the halls of Sirius. Just the halls that make it seem like you're not going to run into 15 celebrities. You could be here on Elizabeth Berkeley Day where Sam is going to slow her down in front of my window. It's going to be wonderful for you. Uh, John, John, you're on Ron and Fez. Yeah, Ronnie B. Um, would you allow the self-proclaimed author of Black Talk Coalition, Big Girl, Black Girl Douglas, to make a bid on this because he does owe Fezzy money still? Um... Uh, let me tell you something. The way Earl's going right now, even his cash is bouncing. I'm fucking seriously worried about him. I met him the other day at Starbucks. He goes, let me get this. He hands the fucking, he's handed, trying to pay off with Monopoly money. He gave the girl two pinks and a blow. Hey, that's for you. Oh, Earl. She's like, what is this? He's like, you never been to Black Man's Canada? I go, Earl, no one fucking believes that there's a place called Black Man's Canada. Now, since I started pumping this today, we've gone from $550 to 1100 in this last 40 minutes. The excitement level is there. This is a steal. A fucking steal at $1,100. About was that Elizabeth left. Berkeley? No, it was not. No, It was a fun. short black girl. Are you sure that's not Elizabeth Berkeley? I'll double check, but I don't think so. I think that's an intern. And by the way, um, Jeremy. Jeremy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, boys, if we get this up to about three grand, will Ronnie tell us what Fez finally got him for Christmas? No. Not going to do it. And I don't care if fucking... Seriously, I would not get Mikey Boy's kids out of Libya to fucking share that thing. I've had a look on a horror on my face now for three fucking straight months. Is it still in the same place you put it down originally? Yeah. I won't touch it. Jesus. I've had a look on my face like some fucking 18-year-old boy first day of jail. Took one in the ass and you just see him the next day with that. Looks like he just sucked on a fucking persimmon look on his face. By the way, see, there's the thing. Persimmon. Where's that fucking come from? Ping, pow, boom. It's the Ron and Fed Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'm trying to fucking spend dog shit into gold, ladies and gentlemen. Fez Watley, we are like 24 minutes left. Uh, Kevin, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah. Hey, Ivy. Yeah. Hey, we're going to go old school radio on this. We're putting out the big challenge for Lady Trucker to be the top bidder. Oh, God. God. We'd have to right, find Fezzy, a place we to were, park a rig. We were 550. 40 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Our bid right now, 13 
1361. There's got to be a way to keep us on the air, ladies and gentlemen. You know the kind of specialty programming we're willing to do for you. Afghan cooking uh, takes place here. The only place that you can find out about um, making rugs at home. It all takes place because you have something like this, pubic radio. Uh, st- Elizabeth Berkeley staying in the out queue forever. Seems like it. Yeah, I don't know why she's there so long. How many times do you think they've asked her, do you have a dick? Over and over and over. No. I've told you a hundred times. By the way, what is she promoting right now? What's Is there a big movie in her life? She back on TV? Is it saved by the bell of the film? What the hell is going on? Uh, Bill, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie, if, if I get it up around two grand, can I pop Fez's cherry? Ass, mouth, and dick hole. You can enter all three. She has a book out called Ask Elizabeth. Real answers to everything you secretly want to ask about love, friends, your body, and life in general. This, why didn't you pitch this to me, Chris? I'm pretty positive I did. Why wouldn't you say... You think I would have ever turned down Ask Elizabeth? By the way, I got a, a fucking book. I'm trying to a pop up. It's a pop up sign language book, and it should be. It's for fucking deaf kids. Oh, that's nice. But it's a pop up book for deaf kids. Oh. And there's. Do you know how many fucking deaf kids are in the country right now? Seventy five million kids deaf, under the age of eight. Like a fifth of the country is deaf. I don't fucking. I'm not going to sit around and. And promote the fact of, of how many people are deaf. And you want to sell books, don't you? No offense. I don't like to be around them. They skeeve me a little bit. I get a little skeevy around them. I don't like it when they try to talk. I do like that. That's my only time I get along with them. Because then I sign language back. You have a beautiful singing voice. Go ahead and sing for me. That's good. That's fucking really good. Um... Here is Ronnie. I don't know how I called. Hey. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Uh, I saw Elizabeth Berkeley this morning on Good Morning America. She's fucking smoking hot. Get a picture of her while she's there in the hallway and post it up on 202. See ya. Um, here's Justin. Justin in Wyoming. You're on Ronnie Fez. Yeah, if I want an auction, does D-Side Dave come in? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, we'll put that up. Make that I was all part of it. Matter of fact... If you win the auction, I'll have you say Dave come in and punch Fez in the stomach. Only because Watley's family is known for their strong lower intestines. Still waiting for Elizabeth Berkeley to sashay through here. She's still in there. See your publicist. Whatever happened to the fat MC that would do jokes and then have her top fall down? How come she never made it bigger? I should be unmasking her on Saturday. Uh, bunny kick butt Heather Borum at 202 Friends says, please check out Rorschach's cat lovemaking video. I'm fairly sure I don't want to see that. I love Rorschach. You know this. Um, here's Chris. Chris, you're on a Fez. Yeah, Ronnie, I want to know if Lady Trucker wins, can you get Dr. Steve to come in and give her a physical? We could have Dr. Feelgood stop in here and give one of those patented shots he always gives the boys. You're up racing hard for 48 straight hours. 
He gave me some kind of a fucking shot in the ass one day. Ended up being able to paint. I don't know what kind of dope that man's fucking rocking. He mixes it all together, but it's unbelievable. It gave you artistic ability. Yeah, I was like fucking John Travolta in that movie where he had the the tumor. I probably shouldn't have said that because that's the last scene of the movie. Oh, no. But when he started growing plants and shit. By the way, that new fucking movie looked like it's ripping it off. The uh, Limitless that's out this uh, week. With Bradley Cooper. Limitless. The exact opposite of Fez's fucking auction. Well, we've more than doubled it in 45 minutes, Fez. Um, look what it is. It's Scram Daddy from Scram Chicago. What's up, dude? Hey, Ronnie. Uh, it seems like you're really doing all the work here. Uh, four weeks he had to prepare for this, and you're doing all the final uh, the final bids here. It seems like uh, he needs to give you that 10%, that manager's fee, that brokerage fee. If he doesn't give me 90%, I would be pissed the fuck off. I'm wondering <laughs> how I'm not picking up 90 Maybe I wouldn't have the fucking problems I do today. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. By the way, we're deadlocked at 1361. 1361. And it's an absolute steal. It's an absolute steal at 1361. It is the Ron and Fez show. I know what you're saying. Stop fucking around. We want Ronnie B. to see Elizabeth Berkeley. Are we sure she's in that Alcu room? I saw her. I'm positive. How's she look? Very good. You motherfucker. Why didn't you book her? I thought I pitched her. I didn't. Maybe right. I should have pitched harder. Maybe. Here's the problem right here, Chris Stanley. Yes. And no one loves you more than I do, right? Yep. Um, there is such a thing in when you're a super producer like you are. There's something called override. Well, you say, Ron, I know you're turning this down as a bad idea. Yeah. But this is batch material. Yeah, I should exercise that. Remember the time that I I, I booked one of um, those playmates because Dave begged me? Um, I forget which one it was. One of the ones that was married to Hefner. Oh, yeah, yes, on St. Patrick's Day. And then he was so drunk that he blacked out and didn't remember meeting her. And I had to sit here and have an awkward, long conversation while Dave was all happy, and then he didn't even have the appreciation for it. He sat in that corner right next to her. I I think he was taking the Mark Zito date rape uh, dope that Zito invented, where you get raped, but you don't remember it. Um, I remember Fez was, we almost took Fez off the board because he was just so crazy because it was right after the Fez Freddy thing. Oh, don't even fucking, don't even bring it up. That was a bad day. Uh, Alan, Tulsa, you're on a Fez. Hey, love you guys. Um, again, Fez, Ron to the rescue, just like that other caller said. Ron to the rescue. I don't want to make this about me. I know it's this, not. This is about the kids. I I'm know. just saying that, here's the thing. Fez Watley has a lot to offer. This place has a lot to offer. And I find it hard to believe we're being beat by some of these shitty fucking places that aren't all that fun. And all that he had to do was get on the fucking phone with the Spencer. Get on the phone with the Leeds. Walk down and talk to Jeremy Coleman and say, look, could we give these guys an hour of radio somewhere? Uh, could they co-host the show with us? Could we do something to pump this thing up instead of, I know... I'll read into a promo and then ignore it for four weeks. Now, Chris, I don't want to fucking hit you on this, but this is another chance for you to do an override. 
I'm not exercising that function enough, it looks like. Actually, you it looks like she's leaving You've got to almost everything I'm saying and everything Fez is saying. Okay. I want the first word out of your mouth to be no. 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 Push it. I just saw Spencer going out, Q, so it looks like she's getting ready to leave. Make sure. There's only one part of this fucking studio covered right now. And if I find out that's the part that they slow her down at. Now, you couldn't get anything. And I'm not kidding. Roland, Sam, and E-Rock are downright creepy mm-hmm. with people in these halls. Uh, there's Zito. Can't wait to get out and be part of it. Downright uh, creepy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Make sure there's no... Right, here comes that. Danny, Travis, the whole ONA crew are being lined up like a fucking gangbang right now. There's a lot of pictures being taken in out queue. Yeah. And book signings. Ask Jessica or Elizabeth. Or whatever. I ask Elizabeth. That's all I've ever wanted to do. Like There would be so many times in my life where I don't know which way to turn. And I think to myself, I wish I could ask Elizabeth. Get her take on things. Yeah, see what's, what's up in her world. Um, I cannot believe we're being beat by the SNL dress rehearsal. The SNL dress rehearsal has got it. Uh, first of all, get one of 800 apology letters to Mikey Boy out. I'll start writing those now. And not just for this, but for everything. I mean, the fact is... He's married to a twin. His life has never been easy because Mm-mm. I think he was in love with the other sister. Oh, no. I think he got the twin that might look the same but doesn't have the great personality. It's like Romeo and Juliet or something. What are you talking about? How's that like Romeo and Juliet? Unrequited love, maybe? No, they had requited love. And oh, they weren't twins. I guess it's nothing like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, if it was Juliet and then just, you know, uh, Betty. Oh, fuck. How did I end up with Betty when I wanted Juliet? Then it would have been exactly like it. Good, all dependable Betty Capulet. When are you going to fucking override, Hicks? When are you going to push the override button and start to fucking get Fez and I back on path here? Um, this fucking $1,400 bid to tour Bloomberg's office, it's a chance to see desks with fucking computers on it. Put a cigarette out of that fucking place. You're not fucking kidding. You know what? You ought to put 1500 in. Go in there and take your shit in one of the filing cabinets and see how long it takes. By the way, I'm fairly sure there's no such thing as a filing cabinet left in an American office. And the sad thing is, I'm sure some asshole here she had a filing cabinet. Uh, right, here she comes, Miss. That's her. That's Elizabeth Berkeley. Here's three odd guys. Man, she's tall. Yeah. Right. Right on the fucking corner where the curtain is. The one fucking spot that I can't stare at her. Move her, move her, move her. She is a uh, a looker. Uh, Sam can't get his one... Oh, he is trying to get his one question thing. Unbelievable. The one fucking corner. What are those guys thinking? Unbelievable. I should have overrided that. You should have overrode fucking... You should have done it yourself instead of depending on fucking Zito. I should ask the question. Hey, I'm Sam from ONA. 
Oh, no, every one of those fucking pasty fakes geeks is making their take a picture. Oh, God, it must be awful. E-Rock just did the head tilt where he leaned his head onto her head. Yeah. You didn't even get a question. I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. What was the question? Well, it was for our one question. It was for my bit where I ask mundane questions. Yeah, what was it? Do you have an iPod? What'd she say? Yes. That's great. It's great, huh? Yeah. You still get paid? Yeah. All right, that's fucking crazy. When Hasselhoff was up here, yeah. I said, what color shirt are you wearing? Mm. Black was the answer. Snarky. You're a fucking snarky kid. Snarky. You're a fucking snarky kid. It's more like guy flirting, I thought. Um, Roland, let me ask you this. What's going on with Spencer being the go-to guy and getting all the cool guests? Uh, he's the man for uh, everybody else, yeah. He's for man. everybody else. He is the man right now. Yeah. But you've got some big things lined up for uh, oh, yes. L&A. Mm-hmm. All right, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, big names are coming in. Okay, big names are coming in. <laughs> Cross those fingers. Mr. Hey now is coming in. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Um, all right. Queen Elizabeth said, I'll bid and Fez can explain to my face. I think he would love to. I would love to get a chance for you two to sit down and work this thing out, QE. Yeah, please bid. Win the tour. I'll show you the place where you were unfollowed. Now, again, Fuzzy, is that the happy fucking thing that we're doing? You hear me in here pitching, adding stuff. You're subtracting subtracting stuff. By the way, the Elizabeth Berkeley thing. No offense to her, nice, clean-cut girl, pretty girl. But I didn't get that va-va-va-voom thing that I was expecting to get. Maybe it was the clothes. She was wearing like a pantsuit. Yeah. And really tall. Really tall. Yeah, she was tall. But like, you know. Like 6'3". Yeah, like playing for UConn fucking tall. Like fucking seriously 12, 14 boards a game. And the team dependent on it. Tall. Dominating. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Garbage man. If there's anything coming off the fucker rim, she battles for it. Worm. She's worming that fucker. She's pulling it down. And then every time she fucking pulls it in, boom, the bows come out. And she's protecting the ball and looking for a fucking guard to fucking dish it to. She ain't fucking around. But she gets down the L end of the court. Don't even expect her. I mean, unless you want a board, she's not interested in the game. Uh, Big East doing fucking incredibly bad. And which is an embarrassment to Jay Lawson, who, if you remember when we were going through this, she had an all Big East fight. No. Oh, boy. No. We sit around and brag about Big East basketball every year. And this is what we get. A shit show. Thanks. Thanks for being blunt in a way that I can't. Thanks for the override. Yeah, I'd override that. <laughs> I'll tell you, the world follows, but Steve leads. He's the man. He is the man. Um, 11 minutes left on the auction, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie to you right now. Uh, this is a heartbreaker. To see this only come in at uh, 1361, it's a heartbreaker. It's an insult not just to Ron Fez, but to SiriusXM. And it's an insult to Mikey Boy, who's given so much over the years. He just actually texted me, what about me? And I just wrote back, you got fucked. 
I'll tell you that simple. You got fucked. Uh, I, Queen Elizabeth has sent me another email here. Um, she had to make her Twitter post private because she got a lot of shit for hating Eastside Dave. I defended Fez when Eastside Dave was nasty and mean to him. I'm sorry if I can't find it funny um, that a father who begs for cash for his sick son while drinking and drugging on and off the radio, and it's not a bit. Sorry if I'm uh, critical of his shitty father who I do not find funny. I thought Eastside Dave owed Fezzy more respect than he gave him during his employment. But I guess pushing Fez's face into pizza and getting interns provoke him while he's drinking, then I'll get Fez's respect. Still a loyal listener, Elizabeth. Um, P.S. I was chosen to be followed by 202 friends for my love and devotion to Ron. Well, that is true on every single account. Now, I will disagree with something. Eastside Dave is a fantastic dad, balances that very well with his partying. He's also an hysterically funny man. And he's missed terribly by myself and Lord Override, Chris Stanley. And we bring him up at least once a day. I miss that man. He was to you as a friend what your chick is to you as a girlfriend. Platonic, yes. I know, but you had a platonic devotion to him. Oh, yeah. That you don't have with most men. And I noticed that you two also fought every day. Constantly. Bickered nonstop. You were the Bickersons. You were the battling Bickersons. But you never took it, you never took it to heart. No. No. Well, perhaps you're right. Perhaps if you did push Fez's face into pizza, he would bring you back. I don't know how that all works. I'm not a focalizer. No, I mean, he tried to focalize with me, but I don't think it worked very well. You focalize every week, right? Yes. Yep. And have you ever, does he do anything besides focalizing? Well, there's also, you know, uh, talk therapy as well. Has anything ever came through that's helping you get better? No. No. Let's just shit can this guy. What is it, what is these, what's this cost you a week? Um, he's uh, he's a hundred bucks a week. Now, do you also get a ride on the fucking zipper and some cotton candy? Because I expect that when I, when the fucking carnies are taking me. Is that a hundred dollars like with insurance or like out of pocket? That's out of pocket. You need to hear the song "Brass in Pocket" right now, so you can get that into your fucking head. That's pretenders. The mighty, mighty pretenders. Uh, we're seven minutes left and stuck at thirteen sixty-one. Um, James, you're on the run of fish show. How you been, big ass? Uh, I forgot the number, but Hoo-ah! then you get that anyway. All right, nice. Well, here's what I have for you. How about fifty bucks and a box of Cubanos for you, Ronnie? I um, want you to understand something. I have not smoked. A cigar since Lent started. Wow. Now, I don't know what, and I'm being totally honest about this. First couple of days I had a physical withdrawal. That's gone. Then there was somewhat of a mental withdrawal until I said to myself, well, whatever. But I'm in a weird thing of, of having too much time to kill. And now, not liking nature as much. 
I find myself going into the house like I'm Fez Watley. Instead of, why don't I take a walk around the park or I'll head down to the river because I would have a cigar for that. I find myself going from point A to point B. Then going, oh, I've got to go over point C for a while. So I don't know how human beings spend time. I've never seen you here earlier before. It's crazy. Uh, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, with, with all due respect, when, when your current contract runs out, how do you justify it re-signing with Fez? Love Fez. Love you. Love Ron and Fez. Been listening 10 years. Worst time of my life, I was driving a cab in Hackensack, New Jersey, summer of 2001, Listen to Ron and Fez at night. That was the how worst time of your life? Justifiably, yes. How do you That makes me feel bad about myself. Um, do you know, who knows what anyone's going to do? There's so many great things that can happen. The world is full of infinite possibilities. And each one needs to be, uh, you know, explored. But, Hicks, I'm telling you, nature doesn't have the same draw for me right now. Need that smoke. Nature, small talk. Without the smoke. It's done. It's out of your life. It just, I forget about it. I forget, like, oh, let me spend some time out here. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine not. I, I, I wouldn't hang out outside anywhere if I wasn't fucking smoking. Love it. It's weird. It's very, very strange. Well, everyone is hacking and sneezing right now, too. And it's still cold out. I don't know what that has to do with smoking, but I will think that I guess you can sneeze from sm- uh, smoking. Now, uh, we were warm. We were 70 last week. Tomorrow, we're supposed to get a day of snow. Oh, come on. Four minutes left. The bidding has stalled at 1361. Uh, Jawzilla looks like they, they've they got to steal for himself. I'm going to guess it's a, it's a he. Um, it's a dark, dark spot for the Rana Faze show, but you know what? Every team has a loss. Every team has a loss. Now, do I feel like I play for the Cubs? Uh-huh. I do. But so what? Um, Dax wrote this. Notice the only people standing up for Queen Elizabeth are ONA fans with wow stickers on their SIG picks. Fez did the right thing. It is started a controversy that I wasn't prepared for. Um, I guess when Fez brought up Queen Elizabeth's name yesterday, Hicks, you made the switch. And I asked you, why did you make it so fast? And you said, your job is to expedite whatever Ron and Fez want in their lives. You get it? I'm the executor, Ron. Well, I, I admire that. But I did. I was not prepared for the firestorm of controversy. And quite frankly... I never knew that Queen Elizabeth and Fez had heat together. No, maybe that was another override moment. Possibly. I don't think that was an override moment. It doesn't fit in with the with the way that we talked about override up to this point. Okay. I'm not saying Elizabeth Berkeley was a disappointment, but I will say that I probably built it up too much. That I thought I was going to be seeing 1993 Elizabeth Berkeley. I forgot it's 2011. She still look good, though. And that shit that uh, Sam says that he does of asking one dull question and moving on. I don't get it. I don't get it either. 
Uh, looks like I could have been uh, wrong or at least misgiven by the the case that I'm on for E-Rock right now. Oh, really? Oh, what, that note dispelled your assumption? I think it did. Mm, interesting. Yeah. We can still get on the case, though. Uh, all right. But I'd like to see some money up front. At an hourly, hourly rate, too, right? Uh, we've got an update, and this is where I'd have the Tiffany and all that stuff produced, ready to go. I'd use that thing that Danny wrote up for you and hasn't been used since. We are up to the fact Trout John, we're now eight minutes to go, has brought the bidding back in. 1750. 1750. Uh, and that. Thank you, Trout John. What'd you say, Fez? I said thank you, Trout John. All right, that's selling. Uh, seventeen fifty, seventeen fifty, Trout John on top of this. It's an excitement level that is taking place. Your chance to come here to Sirius, spend the day with Fez Watley, and a day, in my opinion, is twenty-four hours, if Trout John would like it. Um. Hicks, we're not yes. going to get the kind of numbers that we want, but we've more than tripled in the last 45 minutes. 45 minutes, that is... Now, to be totally honest, the last 45 minutes are uh, are 45 of the only 47 minutes that this show is dedicated to Mikey Boy and the money that he's trying to raise for handicapped kids. Oh, those poor bastards. Uh, this is for a school. This isn't for handicapped kids. Well, let's try to take it down lower then. Make sure nobody bids. But they do need your help. That's for sure. They're healthy, wealthy kids that need your help incredibly. Most of these kids have only been to Western Europe. Most of them have never crossed over into Eastern Europe. They've been to Prague? That's terrible. No, very few of them have been there. Uh, eight minutes to go, and it looks like Trout John is going to win this thing. Wow. And a, I will say this from the bottom of my heart. Trout, if I can call you this, I may never eat another trout, just knowing how nice you are. That's a wonderful dedication. Well, you know, Jimmy Stewart put it best in a film that I wrote for him many, many years ago. It's a wonderful life. You wrote that? I didn't write it, but I watched it on TV, and I yelled out at my brothers and sisters, shut up, I'm trying to watch this, it's in black and white. There was a certain point in my, I was like a little kid, I thought if a movie was black and white, it was better. And now I'm probably, I still feel the same way, but I only understand why. It just seemed to me that when they added color to film, it got stupider. Like a sellout almost? No, it just seemed like, hey, since we have color, we don't, we've we got to work less hard. Um, I was so stupid as a kid. I assumed the entire world was black and white until color came around. That people actually walked around in their everyday lives in black and white. So, wait, you're going back to where I'm just talking about the movies being black and white. You're saying all you had a black and white TV? Uh, no, we had a color TV, but when an old movie would come on, I assumed real life was black and white back then. Um, Queen Elizabeth has said, uh, she did cry when Fez's dad died. 
and hopes that your heart heals. And yeah, oh, that's a very nice sentiment. But what I did was I've stayed away from message boards because things got too negative, And I just thought this was the perfect choice to unfollow on 202 Friends. Um, Ryan, you're on run of Fez. Yeah, I got a good idea for Fezzy to try and uh, pump up the tour a little bit. The uh, the famous baby Hitler costume. Uh, give the tour wearing that. They'll get lots of attention then. Uh, seven minutes left to raise money for wealthy, privileged children doing extremely well for themselves living in Robert De Niro's Tribeca neighborhood. They need it if anyone does. They need If you don't have, give so they can. Um, Hicks, you're not followed by anyone, are you? No, I'm not. And it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal for you. Oh, no, I don't I don't need that. I, I've not been in the, big into Twitter. I'm barely even on Facebook. I feel like going social media dark almost. That Facebook is nothing but a problem as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't like it. And I've told this to people here that work here, that they actually have listeners and family on the same Facebook. What's batshit crazy? Yeah, so that their, you know, uncle could read what the listeners think. Great. That's a good idea. Mm. We're so close to breaking that 2,000, and too bad that it didn't happen because that would have at least stopped the embarrassment. It would have slowed the embarrassment down. But you can't have anything. Uh, Hicks, you were going to try to find me someone today to make up for the Elizabeth uh, Berkeley snub. Yeah, I'm working on a booking. Which you claimed you did bring up to me? I'm pretty sure I I brought it up to you, yeah. Let me ask you this. When you have those little booking meetings to me, uh-huh. would you say that I'm paying attention? I'd say for the most part. Because I know that you tell me. Yeah. That you tell me a lot of things that I certainly can't recall. And one of us is uh, uh, lying. And it might be my ears. Only two minutes left. Two minutes left till we stop the bidding. Nick, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, how you doing today, guys? Before I bid, I just got a question. This is the Fez experience, so I get to come to the studio audience, uh, studio, not say a word, fidget uncontrollably, and sometimes sob. Boy, I'm telling you, Fez did not get a lot of time off for grieving. The grieving time, people expected to get into it. Now, I will say this. Uh, when they buried Thurman Munson, those guys cried in the dugout and went out and got hits. So you are expected in a man's world to perform. That's the sad thing about life. It's not easy on anyone. Hicks, how much time did you get off when you buried your mom? Like four days or something, but I, I and, don't. And you were by yourself then? Yeah. You didn't even have a single person helping you? No. Well, you're all alone in the world, if that makes you feel any better. Not really. Um, by the way, I, got a little, I, I wrote down to the kid, uh, Draft House kid, thanking him for showing you around everywhere. And he wrote back that you seem local to him. And you seem like a guy who could live in Austin. And it's been his dream for us to do the show out of Austin. I know. Having said that, would you ever leave New York City? Maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, it's the only place I've ever been. But Austin was pretty cool. I could fucking see myself hanging out down there. 
There's only one minute left, and we were hoping for a last-minute swoop, somebody to basically come in here and steal this thing. Uh, look like it's not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. Um, here's uh, Doug. Doug, you're on running Fez. Hey, Ronnie, hey, Fez. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Fez, you're throwing that uh, gift certificate that got stuck in his desk drawer for that uh, for that steakhouse he never used. It's very, very interesting. In the last 45 minutes, I've been trying to pimp this thing out for Fez. I haven't heard him one-up anything besides the walk the halls with Fez Watley. We're down to 30 seconds left now, and it looks like there's not going to be a last-minute swoop. I'll just say this. Mikey boy, I feel like I've let you down. Chris Stanley, I've let you down. Yeah, let me down. Wiley, I don't know how, but I've let you down once again. No, I, I let everybody else down. No, I let you down. There's no way I should have let this thing go in and not become one of the biggest things that's ever happened. So I can only promise you one thing and one thing only. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna take a relook at my life and try to uh, see what I can do here. Um, I'm not sure whether now that we're at the end, bidding will stay open until ten minutes passes with no bid, is the way they're saying. Bidding stays open, and as of right now, uh, it's going to go out to uh, a person who, who uh, deserves it, Jalzilla. Jalzilla is going to be able to do this. Uh, this is called popcorn bidding, uh, set up to prevent a swoop. We'll take a break here. Uh, Hicks, you've also let me down today because you let Elizabeth Berkeley come back without a suitable person, I'm going to give you... I'm going to put a bidding on you for the next 15 minutes that you got to come up with somebody. Okay. All right. Somebody that I'm going to say, that's way better than Elizabeth Berkeley. All right. Okay, I'm up to the challenge. Um, right back. Run a Fed show. Everything is different, but the same. Things are more moderner than before. Bigger... And yet, smaller. It's computers. San Diego High School Football Room! Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way. Shaved her legs and then he was a she. She says, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey honey. Take a walk on the wild side Candy came from out on the island In the back room she was everybody's darling But she never lost her head Even when she was given head She says, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. All right, buddies, and it is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, the bidding has uh, stopped. 
Congratulations. Uh, to Congratulations to Trout John, who uh, pulled off a steal, was able to uh, pick this all up a day with Fez Watley for $1,750. A absolute steal. Congratulations to you. I'll play that number tonight. Uh, yeah, play that number. Or why don't you do this? Forget to play that number. <laughs> Write that number down on a piece of paper, throw it in a fucking drawer, oh. and then 30 days from now, come back to it. All right, so at least we're a little over three times what we started the day at. But a little elbow grease, and we're off and running. Hicks, I also want to apologize to you, and I know you're saying, why would anybody apologize to the Lord of the Override? (laughs) Yesterday, you told me that you had a Sammy Hagar story, Mm -hmm. and I thought for the 900th time, you were to yell out, I can't drive 55, because... Every time he's drinking, he's like, you know, I'm just like the Red Rocker. Mm-hmm. I can't drive 55. But there's more. Sammy's got a new book out. Yeah, it's called uh, Red, My Uncensored Life in Rock, a new memoir. And uh, Just Red, R-E-D? Yeah, R-E-D, Red. Mm, great. <laughs> and uh, he is now claiming that he's been abducted by aliens multiple times in, in, throughout his life. And it just it just sounds like the craziest shit. Well, he also said this was long before wireless. Yeah. Uh, that he believed that they downloaded mm-hmm. uh, into, they downloaded all of the information out of his brain. Now, what information would these aliens be getting from a however old Sammy Hagar? Song lyrics? I think he was younger when this happened. Well, he was a little kid yeah. the first time it happened, then it happened several times into his life. But perhaps they just didn't download, perhaps they also uploaded. Oh. And that's how they came up with it. Hey, start your own tequila company. Start Cabo Wabo, bro. Well, I know aliens like liquor like that. Yeah, aliens will come across light years to get liquor started. Now, when people say they saw a UFO, mm-hmm. there's no sooner way that a person seems crazy to you. Yeah. Uh, Franklin and Dean, our very good friends, claim that they saw a UFO before. Oh, they're deep into that stuff. And I've had many friends throughout. Now, for me myself, and you're thinking, Ron, have you ever seen a UFO? Yeah. Have you? There's been so many times early on when I was tripping, and I'm not making this up, where I almost saw a UFO. And it was one of those things of fucking thinking a UFO is going to show up right now. It's like right you know there. what I mean? Like, and like my friend would be like, hey, and I'll be like, shut up, shh, 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 watch, 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 oh. watch. Really Fuck, high. I thought there was UFO. Alright, my bad. I fucking just felt like a UFO was going to pull up. But, and I believed at that point, like, a UFO was going to fucking show up. Because look how much sky I got. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you're going to see it come in small. But, at no time, like, if anyone says to you, they could be talking about anything and they'll go, me and my uncle saw a UFO. You're like, well, yeah, that, okay, right. you're a dumb, you're a dumbass. That describes, we never believe. No, no, it describes everything they've ever said before, to you before that too. Now some like. uh, incredible people have claimed that they've seen UFOs. Uh, John Lennon claimed that a UFO hung outside an apartment building on the east side, right there over the East River. I think watching him and his chick. Uh, it happens. Jimmy Carter said he saw a UFO. I know Lemmy from Motorhead is really into uh, UFOs. People have claimed to see, and they swear, 
that they've seen UFOs. Uh, if you're going to, I'm in an embarrassing situation here. I've got to apologize to Mikey Boy for letting him down. Uh, Mikey Boy, how are you? Hey guys, I, I thank you so much. I, I can't. I appreciate so much you guys did. It, it's really Mikey, awesome. Please, you know we could have done more. I got your emails. I understand where you. I know sarcasm. <laughs> I get sarcasm. It's great. I will find a way to make this up to you. No, this is this is fantastic. I the really SNL snub, we're all embarrassed about the Regis thing. All this stuff is just whatever. Don't worry about it. All right. All right. But you're the man. Don't think that this is a reflection of the way we feel about you, because it's not. Okay. I want you to walk in that school, and when the other parents are done laughing at you when you put up your thing, then I want you to scream out at them. You'll see. You'll see what happens next year. All right, cool. Always threaten for something in the future. All right. That's what I do. Uh, peace. Come to the tour, Mikey boy. Um, come to the tour. The uh, I am kind of heartbroken today. I uh, keep checking my answer machine and nothing. Zero. Zilch. From Anthony's stalker chick that I've been trying to lure into my world. Nothing yet? No. She's not listening. Why would she listen? She's focusing on her aunt right now. I don't know what it is about him that keeps the stalker girl so excited. It's a compound show. It's wonderful. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Run of Fez show. Maybe if we start finding out, uh, if I can see a UFO at some point, maybe then I can pump up the next year for Mikey Boy's kids. Uh, Brian, you're on Fez. Hey, guys. Uh, always good to talk to you. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but there's actually a bunch of interviews on YouTube, and I don't know the video is offhand, and I'm, I'm driving, so I can't look it up, but there's astronauts who talk about being up in space and seeing objects flying around that have to be manned by something because of the way they move. Well, so, John Glenn, uh, very early on, and he went on to be a senator, ran for president of the United States. He said he saw something in space. Now, he said it doesn't mean that it's an extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. He saw an unidentified flying object. Now, there's been so many people who claim the reason why Neil Armstrong doesn't like to go around and talk is that he saw something on the moon. That's, well, that's a theory? That yeah, that is out a there? theory. Now, there's a new movie coming out from the Weinstein Company called Apollo 18. Yeah. And that would have been the secret Apollo mission where they flew to the moon because something that was spotted up there. Yeah, and then they never came back. Uh, why would you fucking ruin it when I haven't seen the movie yet? Well, I, I'm just guessing from the trailer. I haven't. I went out of my way not to watch oh, the trailer. Fuck. Well, let me. Let's try to go over this override. Dump out. Uh, but I can't dump out of my own mind. You can fucking not ruin it for the for the listeners, but I'm ruined. I go. I will go out and stand in the lobby during yeah. trailers now because they ruin movies. Oh wow! So fucking much. And now I can't get the justification. Of knowing I can trust you. Not only that, you let me down with Elizabeth Berkeley, which I know. I said to you, get me Elizabeth Berkeley or someone better. Look, I've been working on it. 
was working. Jerking? No, 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 no jerking. No. No, no masturbating. No. Jerking. And I got I'm jerking off. I yeah, got, jerking off. I got a lead on someone. I think I can get I don't want a lead. I want a fucking concrete booking. A concrete solid booking? Yes. Get the concrete solid booking. Okay. And then I will be ready. Okay. But one thing I hate is you may get, mm-hmm. because that never comes through. Okay. And I never get to interview one person I actually like. Really? Yes. Never? Name one. Robbie Robertson? Like him? Hmm. I never thought of him being somebody whose work I admired. He's in the band? No? Not familiar with the band. See, I like hip-hop. Since when? Um, well, I have been down of it, uh, faux shizzle, if that answers anything for you. All right, okay, that, that makes sense now. You got the lingo down. You must listen to the music. Any chance you can get D, um, DMX up in here? I don't know. I think he might be in prison right now. Well, he's a guy that, you know, like a lot of guys, they become famous and they get away with murder. Mm-hmm. He got famous and they still picked him up. Constantly, nonstop. Just constantly getting pulled over for cracking his car or beating someone up. And, like, would be taken to jail and have to stay for a while. It's like, don't you even have anything worked out with his system? No shit. No lawyer or anything? And he, it never, he's one of those guys that going to jail didn't seem like it bothered him. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guy, well, it was like six months, whatever. See some friends. Work out. There are some guys that get along with prison. Prison is like a fucking spot of them. Christian Slater was saying prison was no big deal. He's probably he wouldn't prefer to be there, but it's not all that bad. So you think as one of the gangster rappers is Christian Slater? No, just someone who loves prison. Can't get enough of it, I guess. I think you would do good in prison, Fuzz. Um, you get the same food on Mondays, same food on Tuesdays. They roll into that. It's the same clothes every day. Um, no vagina near you. Mm-mm. Very uniform. Everyone goes to bed at the same time, so you're not missing anything. Mm-mm. What are you doing over there on your little fucking BlackBerry? You just BlackBerry while I'm on the air with you? Mm-mm, no, well, I'm waiting for the final confirmation on this booking. Yeah, sure you are. I, I am. I'm going to change your name from Override to Underride. Underride? That doesn't make sense. It does make sense because it means that you go under things rather than over. Oh, okay. That's the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's the opposite. What's the opposite of black? White. No. See, they're both colors, so they share something. Okay. The opposite of black is a tic-tac. Oh. That's how far away you have to go. I guess a tic-tac is nothing like a color. It's a mint. Is it? I guess. I and black was... isn't going to freshen your breath. Uh, Why be racist? That's come on. I mean the color. Yes, coloreds. That's what I'm talking about with yeah. you. I don't like racism in any shape and form. I don't like being against any nationality except for the Danes. Boo! They're shit eaters, and they know why. Are they the know Danes what they've done? Like Dutch? I don't know what they are exactly, and that's why I don't trust them. Good. I like you know. It's like oh, it's Dutch. It's the Netherlands. It's Holland. What are you? Pick a fucking, uh, like, fucking brand for yourself yeah, and really. stick with it. Stop diversifying. I don't know what everything is. Christ Almighty. Uh, Keith, you're on Run Fez. Yeah, what about uh, Danny Aiello? He's a bankable uh, the actor that you can talk to. What about him? 
He said you, you want. I never saw any of his films, so you seem like a very nice man. But I'm not familiar with his film work, and this is what this is what Chris Stanley does to me. I guess I've been given just shit bookings lately, or no, forever. There's forever? been no one that I've ever wanted to talk to who has come in here. Even with Fez trying to help you, you guys can't come up with any names. Well, there's Peter Wolf. Peter Wolf, who's he? Where's he even from? Jay Giles Band. Jay Giles Band. Yeah. Not familiar. Never. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, he was in that Robert Rodriguez movie. Oh, boy. Pulp Fiction. He, he was in Pulp Fiction. No, All right, he, good. he wrote and directed. Well, I thought I saw a minute. Talking about what kind of storage doesn't take place. That's, that was a big part he was in. You know, all these names that you're bringing up to him, yeah. and you're slamming me with names of heroes. Just slow down, both of you. <laughs> slow it down. Smokey Robinson. Who? The soul singer. Oh, that's the guy who says, don't you, know, you can prevent forest fires. No. You know Annie what? Lennox. Hmm? Annie Lennox. Eddie Money. No. But the point is this. I really never get... The chance to talk to people who, like, at you know, one point in my night, I've said, like, oh, that's really cool. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious XM, motherfucker. Serious XM. James Toback, director. The great James Toback. Yes. Not familiar with him. Oh, uh, you just call him the great James Toback. And why don't you bring up the fact that he's also a great writer? All that right. never even happens in your life. Sir Bob Geldof. He's not a real knight, is he? Because he's smiling. No. And that ruined it for me. That that's what ruined it? Yeah. Live Aid? Didn't matter? Didn't say it. <laughs> Didn't have cable then. Okay. David Lynch. The director? The director. Mm. Dune? That's all you know him from. <laughs> Dune. Ball and Drive? Uh, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron, I just want to get your opinion uh, in regards to that, that recent bully video with the, the big kid and the little kid. Yeah. I saw the uh, interview. The big kid was the one that was being bullied. I mean, no. He was being bullied his whole life. The little, yeah, kid was, the little kid was bullied, and he got his ankle broken by the big kid. And the little no, kid no, I is, saw an interview. The little kid like, has actually put out another interview, and this is why I love that little kid. He said he was bullied right before the video started. We just <laughs> fucking missed the video Damn of him it. being bullied. That's terrible. One of them show didn't get them. Never get any of my favorites. Okay. Neil deGrasse Tyson, brilliant scientist. Anthony Bourdain. The chef? Yeah. Gina Gershon. The actress. Yes. These are things that you think are good interviews. Yeah. I thought I thought you were having a good time meeting these talking to these people. Mm. <sighs> Perry Fro. From Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction, yes. Okay. Nothing. Tom Rollo, Rage Against the Machine. Are you just bringing up bookings now? One after another. Yes, because these people I thought you enjoyed. They were all in here today? Not today. In days past. Solomon Burke. The great Philly soul man. Yes. Guy in a wheelchair, yeah. That's how you know him out? Well, no, I just thought maybe, you know, that's how we came in here. Not the greatest soul voice of his fucking generation. Sharon Jones. And the Dab Kings? Oh, it's the Sharon Jones, no Dab Kings. Thank you. Oh, come on. Bill you Cosby. The Dab Kings. Bill Cosby fucking treated me like I was Theo. Bonnie Raitt and Taj Mahal. Those two came in together. Mm. Nothing? 
Mm. All right, Iggy Pop. Punk legend. He is a legend. He was in here today. No, maybe a year ago. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Mike. Mike, you're in my uh, A great interview that you might remember is Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh, that's right. I forgot book that one. Oh, he got her to walk by and then stand at the one fucking spot that there was a curtain. But I did go and see her in somebody else's studio. Yeah. She is a tall drink of water. Yeah, very tall. I wish somebody in Showgirls would have yelled out, fuck, bitch, you're tall. He's in the director's cut. Well, here is uh, a chance for you know you to just bring in uh, uh, you know yesterday's news since you're not getting anything new for me. Mm-mm, mm-mm. There's nobody, nobody that I could say, oh, I've always adored that person. Why can't they come in? Well, looks like I got a confirmation from booking. If you'd like to know. No, I don't think I do want to know. No? Look, no, because I have, I've, it's just going to be another one of your excuses. Excuses? Troy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what about um, if he got Muhammad Ali on for you, possibly, or also the dude from Alan Parsons' project, um, Alan? <laughs> See, I would love to meet either Alan or Ali, but I'm telling you this. When Ali comes in here, I'm only calling him Cassius Clay. Wow. You don't think he'll get annoyed by that or something? Maybe he will. What's he going to do about it? Where are you going, Parkinson's? Let's see you fucking float like a butterfly now. I'll push you back into that corner and just fucking just body blow, body blow, body blow. Well, I guess he's not in the best fighting shape right now. Um, These things happen. Oh, boy. About Ray Davies. The Kinks. Girl, you really got me now. Yeah. All these, by the way, available on Ron Bennington interviews. Ron Bennington interviews. Uh, Wayne, you're on Run Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. What about when uh, Black Girl hooked you up with uh, Bill Wyman? That was a great interview. Ooh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Didn't work out for you. Sorry. <sighs> Earl felt like he had a connection because he met him at a reception desk 12 years before. Yeah, that's totally bad shit. That was, that was his connection? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he talk to him at least, or was he just like greet him and have him sit down? I really, I mean, <laughs> to hear about somebody else meeting a celebrity is like the dullest thing ever. The only duller thing is to have to see a picture of them with them together. Well, if they treat him like shit, though, that's kind of funny. Here's a picture of me with Kate Winslet. Well, that's oh. fucking great. Wow. Thanks for showing me. In the same place, huh? Oh, Kate's nice. Kate is fantastic. Oh, like you know her personally? Yes, she was so sweet. Okay. About Bill Weathers, he came in here. He seemed to enjoy that interview. You got to use me. See? By the way, that's still Bill uh, documentary is on, I think it's HBO this month. It's fucking great. That's a good one. Um, by the way, uh, who's from the Kings that we got? Ray Davies. Mm-hmm. Somebody thought you said it wrong. What? Uh, Mark, you're on the fence. You know, enough with these old fuckers at Pepper's hooking you up with. How about you get with Zito and get Zito's dad on to tell you what's fucking new and what's now 
in the food business in his hometown. I would like to do an interview with me and Zito's dad called Where Did We Go Wrong? And both of us going back and forth to figure out, look at the head shaking back and forth. Mr. Never Go With a Bit. Never Go With a Bit. Um, you're doing a great job with him. Uh, all right, who do you got for me? All right, so it just came in, and in five minutes, Miss Karen Allen should be coming in. Miss Karen Allen. She has a new movie out called White Irish Drinkers. You may know her from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Starman. Animal going. House. Animal House. What else? Sandlot. Keep going. Scrooged. The Wanderers. These are all great. I'm starting to run out. You know what? Uh, but, no, she's done a lot more, even more yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small Circle of Friends, if you want to know the truth. Uh, this is another day that breaks my heart that Eastside Dave's not here. I know. I feel bad. Because I took Eastside Dave on a date one night. We went and saw Raiders of the Lost Star on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Par- Paris Theater over on 59th Street. And then afterwards, uh, Karen Allen came out, answered some questions from the, I was going to say fans, but I'll just say geeks. <laughs> I mean, it was an embarrassing it's a weird lot. crowd. Yeah. I mean, well, because Karen Allen is one of those. Got one of those women that guys have fallen in love with. Oh, yeah. Not like, I saw her in a movie, she's so hot, I saw her in a movie, and now I want to spend the rest of my life taking care of oh, her awesome. and just having her look at me with those eyes. I just want her to love me, that's all. Yeah. She's amazing. So she's got a new uh, film coming out, and this could have been the Pepper Hicks story called White Irish Drinkers. Um have you seen it yet, Pep? It's a little independent film about Brooklyn in the 70s. Yep. And these guys, it's called White Irish Drinkers because they're like these street guys, the kids. But they'll drink. They won't do dope. They mm-hmm. like act like, no, we just drink. That's it. We're Irish. And like we don't want to smoke pot. We just want to drink. Yeah. And she plays the mom in this. And the dad is unbelievable. He's the... He, remember that really mean, uh, like, Marine guy in Avatar? He was like... Yeah. He's the dad. Oh, like, that's the great. abusive dad. He's scary as shit. That guy plays a great mean old man. He's scary as fuck in this. I, I believe it. I mean, he starts to light those kids up and you worry about him. Oh, no. So Raiders of the Lost Ark, Starman, Scrooged, Animal House... Uh, and now her latest, White Irish Drinkers. Real pleasure to bring her in, Karen Allen.
This is uh, music from the brand new film, uh, White Irish Drinkers, and Karen Allen is here with us. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. This, this uh, song is by Shaleli Brothers. You've got some strange original songs in there that I'd, some bands I've never heard from before. Yeah, most of them were new to me as well. I think yeah. the soundtrack is gorgeous. It's just a beautiful soundtrack. So, and an independent film. This is an independent film, I it think, is. It, right? It's like almost like uh, quintessentially independent, the way and, it was made. In what way? What, what do you have well, to do? Well, we shot it in 17 days. Mm-hmm. It was done from a, a, a script where, where uh, our director wrote this script about 10 years ago and really went all over the place looking for a studio to make this film and they all loved the script but they all said it's just not quite for us so he waited until a time in his life where he could actually literally make the film with money out of his own pocket he sort of saved up his money Mm. uh he was a has a had a successful television show that was on the air and um he moved forward and decided to make the film on his own. So it was shot in 17 days in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Um, he, it's Stephen Lang and myself and Peter Riegert and three really wonderful, actually three kids who play major roles and then a whole bunch of other wonderful supporting actors. And it is a chance for, when, when we say the like independent film, we kind of mean human films now. Like this is human beings acting the way human beings act. It's that. Well, that's an interesting, uh, interesting take on it. I mean, generally, you know, the, the term independent, you know, very often means, you know, just outside of the studio right. system that somebody has gone ahead and taken a chance to make a film. Usually it means without distribution. Um, and very often it means that it's a film that is is not formulaic. It's it right. sits outside of that kind of tif- typical Hollywood film formula that has to have a certain number of what are considered bankable stars in it. Um, although often independent films and, have- and normally some nowadays some kind of Superman costume or CGI. <laughs> and you know you started your films at the end of the seventies. To me, the seventies were the the decade of I could go back and watch those films over and over and yeah, over. It was a great decade. Uh, and films. that's just as you were coming up, that system of those kind of films was ending and we went into the eighties. But this film takes place in the seventies. Yeah. And then it feels like a seventies film. It feels like the film takes place in nineteen seventy five, but it also feels like it could have been shot in nineteen seventy five. It would have been, you know, Harvey Keitel might have played the, yeah, the yeah, father yeah. in those days. Yes, you're um, right. It does. It has that wonderful yeah. sort of feeling. Like that's what I mean. Like independent now feels like human films. People doing things that human beings do. Where you feels like yeah. Even if this didn't happen to me, I know these kids. Yeah. I've I've been through that. And you playing this part of the enabling mom, which uh, is such a. It's such a strange thing because you kind of feel for that character, but then if she also didn't do that, if she didn't play her part, maybe all these things wouldn't play out the way they have as well. You know? Yeah, I mean, they're, I think they're all trapped in their, in their roles. I mean, this woman that I play is of my mother's generation. Right. So, you know, my mom would have been her age at that time. Right. So, and I would have been the age of the, the, kids. the kids. Yeah. So I'm really, you know, when I, just from the, from the ground up, when I started to work on this character, I really thought about that generation of women who, you know, generally got married very young, had their kids very young. 
and very rarely had, you know, in my experience, at least in the neighborhoods I grew up in, mm-hmm. very rarely had careers to right. speak of. Although my mom later became a teacher, but, you know, she went through the first 15 years of her, of being a mother without really any form of being able to, to make a living on her own. And there, there, and there was also an attitude back then of, you know, you stuck to a marriage with all of its, you know, that was no challenges. There yeah. was, you know, people didn't, I didn't know a lot of kids who had divorced parents growing up. Right. You know, now it's almost the exception to the rule. But it was almost <laughs> scandalous if, uh, if parents got divorced in, let's say, the 50s, the 60s, even the early part of the 70s. The kids were even looked at differently by the church and school and people in the neighborhood. Yeah, and this is a very, also a very religious, very devout Catholic right. woman. So, um, you know, she is in for a penny, in for a pound in this marriage. She's married to a, a, a an angry a uh, man who has some serious he's alcohol issues. Yeah, he's frightening. I mean, he's film. physically frightening, and he's also mentally frightening. I mean, there's a mental abuse that takes place towards the kids, yeah. uh, towards the mother. I think that Margaret, you know, my character really is able, John and I, John Gray, who directed and wrote the film, we talked about it at length, and there was a real uh, uh, agreement on our part that Margaret had never been hit, that there was not a physical violence mm-hmm. between them. Although I've read in some reviews, people just assume that there is, based on what's going on in the film. But Margaret really does, on a certain level, really stand up to him. I mean, I think things are, they have huge brawling arguments and things are thrown. And I think there is a part of her that is, you know, um, uh, uh, just hanging on for dear life. Yeah. But, yeah. And then still also trapped in that thing, well, the boys do need to be tough because we live in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. You can't be a sensitive boy there, so the father's trying to make them as tough as they can be just to be able to walk down the street. There's that kind of logic that starts to take place, I think. There is that kind of logic, and I remember hearing that logic when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. You know, um, it doesn't make any sense to me anymore. And maybe in our culture, maybe we've changed enough. I hope we have. We've grown enough. We've learned enough. We've wisened up enough, um, you know, that I don't think we're very much in agreement with that now. But but I think if you look back, you know, which sometimes is hard to do, um, I I think that that was not that unusual, the spare the rod, spoil the child attitude about life. And even seeing alcoholism as something uh, that could be treated wasn't seen in those days. You know, like if That's a person true. was an alcoholic, they were just an alcoholic. We'll try to clean up around them as much as we can. But I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe Betty Ford was the first time that, you know, people start to hear about a rehab or perhaps there's another way of doing things. Yeah. You know? I think AA existed in the 70s right. during this time, but it certainly didn't have. It wasn't uh, uh, known. Yeah, it was, it was it, definitely it was underground. Yeah. And again, it was one of those things where there was almost a stigma. If somebody was an AA back then, it was almost like they were a, a Bowery bum or something, you know. Uh, it would have been considered taboo. I I think it was probably by the late 70s. Well, even, you know, you worked with John Belushi. Even those people didn't, the people who loved him didn't quite know how to get him help. I mean, imagine if he would have come along 20 years later, everybody would have saw the signs immediately. You know, but at that time, people were like, well, he's still doing good. And, you know, he's trying. 
It's, you know, it's hard. I mean, you know, I mean, I, 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 I don't necessarily want to bring up people in the, sure. in the modern, in the, just what's going on right now. Yeah. However, you know, I think it's very difficult. You can't, I mean, people have to kind of get it themselves on yeah. a certain level. I mean, people around them can be, you know, short of like an <laughs> intervention where you literally right. take the person and remove them from their lives. I mean, you know, people have to want it for themselves. Um, uh, we brought up Peter Riegert is in this film. He is. He's and you and he... Pleasure. Was that your first film, Animal House? Was it the first... My very first film was Animal House. Yeah. I think Peter had done maybe one other film previous to that, but we were, you know, we were kind of all in the same boat, that whole group of actors. We were all making our first film, and, and uh, uh, I had such a, a terrific time working with him. We never... Our characters never meet in this film right. uh although we share you know share a story um i make uh, one disparaging comment about his character whitey at the very beginning of the <laughs> film and that's really the only intersecting place although we share my son my youngest son yeah. who, who works for him in the in the story uh you and Riga, there was such chemistry uh in that film in animal house and to me that was always the film inside the film that you guys played it so much true to life in the middle of this great comedy. But there was this real small true film that we've all lived of those two kids that are just kind of young and each, you know, that, okay, they should be together, but this is probably too early for them. I always thought that that part was amazing for both of you guys. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of missing each other. Yeah. He's sort of hanging with the guys, and she's sort of fed up and kind of grow up. And, right. You know, and, and then she, you know, does the classic thing, which is, you know, have an affair with the professor right. who's older and wiser and, you know, more mature. And, and you know, and then in the end, they, they kind of work it out. Um but uh, in your mind, they all they went out on together, though, you think? Uh, well, you know, we did the little thing where we yeah. did, I think it was 25 years later. We made a little uh, uh, mockumentary, I think uh, yeah. John Landis called it, where we kind of made up, you know, where they are 25 years later. I think we had them married. They had a child named Otis based on <laughs> Otis Night and, and uh, Otis Day and the Nights. And um, and then they they divorced and then they came back together. So, you know, it was just that kind of relationship, I think. Think, you know where they they came and went out of each other's lives. We were talking about you later and uh, earlier today, and the amount of films that you did where the guys in the audience would fall in love with you and that character, no matter what. You know, there's I'm sure the indie stuff never goes away of people that fell in love with your character, and then the Animal House people fell in love, Scrooged people fell in love with you you and i always was wondering what is that is it a connection thing with the camera that you could pull that off how do you get to the thing you know i i really think that maybe i've just been very lucky in that i've chosen these characters to work with who are just you know they're a little all of them a little you know if i think of like jenny hayden and starman you know mm-hmm. we meet her she's lost her husband she's mourning his loss and then into this world you know and and we meet marion ravenwood she's you know her father has died she's you know drinking men under the table for a living right. in a bar in nepal so i i think somehow i've just been fortunate in that i've been offered and and chosen these characters who are just kind of a little off somehow and a little um you know wonderfully written and right. then you know i i somehow have been able to leap in there and embody them and they you know i think some of them have just you know kind of had this uh 
uh, ability to kind of capture people's interest, you know, our hearts, or, or, uh, which is an incredible thing for an actor when, when a character connects on that level. Almost any of those would be considered a role of a lifetime, though. I mean, you've had quite a few roles of a lifetime. I, I think, think I have. Yeah. Lucky me. <laughs> does, does it feel lucky or does it feel like, man, I've been, you know, uh, I've just worked real hard at it and some of these I got and some of these I haven't got. I think, you know, I think it's a little bit of, of a, of a, it's a combination. I mean, sometimes it's, it is just pure fortune, you know, um, to be in the right place at the right time or, or, but I mean, I also, you know, I, I, I did, you know, I put in a lot of years working in the theater Mm -hmm. and really trying to sort of you know, understand my craft as an actor. And then I think it's a combination of, of that sort of meeting, you know, opportunity. And just, uh, I, I felt like when I started working in films, I knew nothing about what I was doing. Right. I mean, it was a very much a seat of the pants experience for me. And I was constantly trying to figure out how do you do, you know, how do you do this? How do you create a character on film? Um, and f- I was fortunate enough to have directors who helped me and to work with actors who knew a little more than I did and weren't weren't um, uh, hesitant about kind of, you know, helping me find my way. You were here in New York during the 70s? You were st- doing theater here in, in the city or where were you doing theater? Yeah, no, I moved to New York. I, I, moved, to, I moved to New York in 1969 and went to school here studying design. Mm-hmm. And I moved away and I came back in 1976 and I started, I had started working in the theater in Washington, D.C. and then I came to New York City and started working in the theater here right around the time I, I was asked to do Animal House. And then I I always went back and forth between the theater and films because I really felt like the theater was the place where I had fallen in love with. Yeah, and New York Theater was pretty cool in the 1970s. There was a lot of things happening. A lot of great people were hanging out and changing things. Yeah, it was. It was a very, yeah. very, there are a lot of interesting playwrights coming yeah. of their own. And uh, I'm about to direct uh, a play from the 70s, um, uh, Moon Children, written by Michael Weller. I'm going to direct it up at the Berkshire Theater Festival in Massachusetts, um, near where I have a, a home. So I'm very excited about that play. That's is this in the, in the summer you're going to be doing this? Yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Boy, the Berkshires in the summer is just unbelievable, too. It is. I love it up there. Uh, how long does something like that go on when you direct this play? You're going to work it out for a couple of weeks and then run it a few? Or? Yeah, we rehearse for about three weeks, and it runs for about three weeks. So it's mm. you know it's a part of the season. Uh, it's the, actually the first play of the season, so we open at the end of June. So directing plays, uh, fun for you. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, I started to do it about four or five years ago. And um, I just felt instantly. I, I start out thinking, hmm, you know, I, 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 I you know, you, you're not sure really if 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 you if you will know what you're doing. But I felt instantly uh, at home in as a director, and and felt very very uh, passionate about working with the actors. I just had a, such a great great experience. Well, I guess also there's a different. Like there's more of a lack of control when you direct in the theater because you have to let those people go yes. with a film. You could stop it. You could do it. But no matter how hard you worked in that three weeks leading up to it, now they're on their own. It's a killer. That first <laughs> night, that first preview when you're standing back, 
back and suddenly, you know, you're not there saying, you know, stop, let's go back and look at that scene again. And they're just, they're going to take it through the night. It's one of the most exciting and most anxiety, you know, sure. creating, mo- you know, two hours, you know, that you can go through. But it's it's quite thrilling at the same time. Thrilling, but you're watching through your hands like, yeah, oh, my of- God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, do you... Is directing film something you'd be interested in? Or? It is. Yeah. There's, there's a, a, a play that I directed. The playwright is very much interested in me doing the play as a film. And we've been actually, you know, sending it out and looking for potential uh, uh, producers and, and such for that. Is this something you'd also stay on the East Coast with? You don't... Uh... Yeah, I'm an East Coast yeah. girl. I just feel at home here. It's my... It's the place where I feel like everything I want to do, it feels like the, the, I have the emotional support and the intellectual support for everything I'm interested in. Um, mm-hmm. when I'm in Los Angeles, I always have a, you know, I'm not one of these people who, you know, has an East Coast, West Coast. Right. Thing, you know, but, um, I always enjoy myself when I'm there and I in, enjoy being there and there's lots of people there who I really adore, but I just, when I'm here, I'm home. When I'm mm-hmm. on the East Coast, I'm where I should be. So, great place to visit out there. But great place that's, to visit. Yeah, yeah, and it's the you know it's the it's the heart of you know the film industry. Your business, so, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of good to live away from that, I guess. It's kind of good to come in, and that's work. Where it seems like a lot of West Coast people, they're just about. It becomes almost about the not so much gossip, but almost like business gossip about what's going to become kind of constant. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I think that people, you know, a big difference for me is that I feel like in Los Angeles, people very much do define themselves by what they do for a living and by what they've done most recently. Recently, yeah. And I feel, and, and, and I feel like it's such a company town within the television, film, and music business. When I'm on the East Coast, I have a lot of friends who do a lot of different things for a living. And, and I like that. I mm-hmm. like, uh, talking to people about things they have no connection to the film industry right. or television at all um, it really is what sustains me and, and inspires me is is to be away from that um, but also in this film that you've uh, that you've done and we're talking about uh, the white Irish drinkers uh, go to white Irish drinkers the movie.com to check this out but you allowed yourself to play a, a real woman you look in a way like you've pushed away some of your movie star stuff. You let yourself look like a middle-aged woman in the 1970s. There's a lot of the West Coast actors who have trouble not staying glamorous, that they want glamorous roles. It's a little tough. You know, yeah. it's a little hard to see yourself up on the screen yeah. in the way I look in this film. <laughs> in a house coat. You, sometimes when I watch it, you know, <laughs> I was telling someone earlier today, it's like somebody's pushing bamboo under my fingernails. <laughs> I'm like down in my seat going, ay, ay, ay. Yeah. But, She's, it's not a glamorous character at all. And, you know, I really, I think John Gray and myself, we really felt we had to go there to mm-hmm. make this character authentic. If I was going to glamorize the character in any way, it really was not going to work as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have to, in those moments, just become more of an actor and less of, of, of a person who's going to be vain about watching themselves <laughs> on screen. So, you know, it's like leave your vanity at the door kind of film. Sure. And, um, um, you know, I, I, 
I was willing, let's say, to to do that because I I loved the role and I loved the film project and I and I I was just crazy ab- about the writing in the film and I and I I understood mm-hmm. that we had to kind of uh, go in that direction. So, with the Indiana Jones stuff, talk about another one. Would you come back for that or? Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Those people, uh, that was kind of one of those times in your life that high watermark um, doing that first film. Well, you know, it's just such a, a, a beautiful, wonderful film, and it has it so captured you know people's hearts in 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 its storytelling, and you know you, you think you know there's George it's brought George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford and Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall and this incredible group of people together and all the fantastic British yeah. actors that were part of the film. And, and um, you know, it was such a delight to do the last one. And, and, and he, you know, they wrote this script where Indy and I are, are now married and have a child. And I would be fascinated to see where we go from here, you know. Yeah. So now we're a family. So now, you know, Indy is, is a married man and I'm, you know, his wife and we have a child, you know. And, and you know, what kind of story do you tell from that as a beginnings? You know, if, I mean, I'm not saying that I have any idea that that's where they would start, you know, but because but, uh, I, you know, I know they're working on a, potential story and harrison ford looks like he's having fun with playing the fact that he's an older action hero now uh, you know the, i i brought this up earlier too uh with some of the producers here a couple of years ago you re-ran the first one you were up at the paris theater yeah. on 59th street and you came out to do a, a q a and i sat in the audience with people who had saw the film for the first time in the 1980s and they were kids then, and they're older now, but they're still, there were people wearing their old t-shirts and stuff. And the way that they would react to that film, the film that they'd seen a hundred times, it's really strange to have people connect to a film like that so long after the fact that, that whatever happened that in that perfect storm that worked out that way, that people still have held on to that. It's kind of Wizard of Oz for some people. I was blown away by the reaction. I was there both nights at the Paris, and it was packed. Yeah. And it was as though the audience was seeing the film for the first time. Yeah. They, their response, there was a huge amount of laughter, huge amount of sense of, you know, just the whole the whole room was bristling with yeah. excitement and, and and i i was amazed i mean i think there there were a lot of people who were seeing it for the first time on a big screen there were a lot of of people who had seen it as a child or as a young yeah. person and they were now bringing their kids to see it on a big screen for the first time maybe their kids had seen it on a television screen right. but they were now bringing them to see it the way they had seen it the so uh, the guy that i uh, d- does a show here too his name is Eastside dave and he had only seen it on dvd but his wife it a hundred times so to have the shared experience of the theater um his eyes were he was tearing up and then when you you came out it was as if you stepped out of the film for him wow and that's uh i i just always wonder what's it like to be responsible to carry that around i mean you must bump into people who have that kind of relationship that you don't know about <laughs> you know what i mean you don't know the other side of that relationship that you have with some of these people well, I, th- I think over the years I've sort of gotten to know it. You know, yeah. it's been now 30 years since that film was made. So, you know, I mean, it's, I think it is one of the more 
you know, satisfying things for someone, you know, in, in films, because I've worked in the theater so much, you have such a direct connection to the audience, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in the theater when you're working on stage. And, you know, when you work in films, you know, you don't really meet your audience unless it's right. in, in that way. So when people come up and say, Oh my God, you know, I, that film, I, I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, you know, lovely, satisfying experience because it's really the only contact I ever get with the audience that's there. You know, most of the time right. I'm not there at a screening and most of the time it's not a, it's not a, a personal relationship to an audience. So, you know, I, I, have always found it, you know, uh, you know, New, I lived in New York most of my life. And so, you know, I have to say New York, people in New York, when they see a film that you like, it's so, it's so much fun. You know, they're not, they're not overwhelmed. Right. <laughs> they're like, yo, good movie. <laughs> and the, you know? There's so many of them that of like that, that you've done though, that were supposed to be smaller films. The Wanderers is one of those films. Great film, great shelf life. It's become kind of a cult classic. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Uh, Small Circle of Friends is another film. There's so many of these films, the viewers that haven't been forgotten. Uh, and let's hope that happens with the new one. White Irish Drinkers. I think this has the yeah. chance to just knock it out of the box. I think this is, a, you know, this is going to be a, f- I'm, I'm really rooting for this film. I think it's an extraordinary film. Mm. And, um, I'm, I'm, you know, even though we're, you know, we're starting on a small scale, I have a sense that the audiences are just going to embrace this film. And you're pulling for these kids too, that I guess this is so many of these young people, it's yeah, their first film. Yeah, this is film. Nick Thurston, Jeffrey Wigdor, yeah. and Leslie Murphy play the three main characters, Zachary Booth also, just, and they're, they're, I think this is their first film, and I have to say they're just extraordinary. These kids are going to, you know, I think have a really, really wonderful careers. Well, you know, I started this off t- saying that we all fell in love with you and we still are. And it's just so, so great to have you come in here. And, uh, I w- want people to get out white Irish drinkers, the movie.com. And I want to keep an eye on the Berkshires this uh, summer oh, great. for this play, because I want you to stay with the directing. Great. I think it's great. Thanks. Thank you so much. All Thanks right. for coming in. My pleasure. Great. Oh, you're all alone. Man, you stone Call home You're all alone You got a phone Oh, well, you're stone Call home Call 
So Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Bill in Boston. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, I enjoy your interview. Uh, I'd like to know if she has perfect and angelic as she seems in the movies. Here's the crazy thing about it. I was telling Hicks in this last movie, she purposely like plays heavier set and older and all. But when she came in here... She just keeps locking her big Karen Allen eyes on you, and you just really feel like, I think Karen Allen likes me. I think now I know why, why she's a star. The way she looks up, and she has like a natural blush, so if you give her a compliment, she starts to blush a little bit. She leans her head down and looks at you with big eyes. Hicks, I noticed that when you would be nodding along, she'd go over and look at you. Did you pick up the same feeling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Making eye contact with Karen Allen. Wonderful thing. It's crazy. It's great. Makes you feel really nice and comfortable and good. That's Yes, that's <laughs> why I said I think that we all fell in love with her. Oh, easily, yeah. There are certain people in movies that you're like, oh, she's so hot. I'd love to, you know. But with Karen Allen, you literally just fell in love with her. You just wanted to spend the rest of your life like, oh, me and Karen Allen are going out shopping. Or... Oh, Karen Allen wants me to mow the lawn, so I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. See you guys later. I'm going home with Karen Allen. She and I are going to look at paint for the kitchen. Like, even in Animal House, you're like, Boone, why are you hanging around with these fucking losers? Come on, man. Look what you got there. If you're not careful, she's going to fuck the guy from 24's dad. Those Sutherland boys don't fuck around. Well, at least the dad, Donald. Yeah. What's his son's name? Kiefer. Kiefer is no Donald. I would fucking tell him that if I had to. He claims he's going to do 24 the movie. Yeah. The movie's coming out. This is the first movie that's going to last 24 hours. They're only doing one showing a day. It's going to cost you 85 bucks to get in. I hope they keep the concessions open. Look, I don't want the fucking rumor going around that Karen Allen has to be pussy whipped. I want to be in that fucking position. I'm going to be like that fucking stalker girl with Aunt. I'm going to be like that to Karen Allen. Hope she's prepared for it. I'm not curious of whether we've ever met that girl. No, she's got me thinking. By the way, I told Karen Allen that our uh, day with Fez went for $1,700. She goes like this, What? He goes, if I do my sweat socks, it's going to be twenty two grand a piece. Damn. Karen. I go, yeah, but you're Karen Allen. Shit, K-Dog. Get something get something straight. I ain't pussy whipped. This Karen Allen thing that I'm doing now, that's what I want to be doing with my life. I want to be, like, having the yarn around my hands while she's trying to figure it out and have me, like, as a yarn thing. This sounds pretty serious, Ron. Yeah. I want to stand on the kitchen chair wearing a dress so she can hem it so it'll all be ready when she goes to that wedding in a couple weeks. It's very nice of you. And then I want to go like this. No, Karen Allen, I am paying attention to you. Don't think that I just blow off what you say. No. I'm not waiting to... I'm not just talking to you at commercials, Karen Allen. I'll turn this fucking game off right now. Pat, you're in Fez. Hey, is uh, Pepper Hicks going to get the big apology from Ronnie B since he came through with Karen Allen? 
Oh, is that what you want? Pepper, is that the fucking thing to make you feel all better? You want a fucking apology? Oh, no, it couldn't hurt. Really? you That's what you want? All right, let me... Then I am going to do it. Because, Pepper... Yes? I sincerely apologize for thinking that you were a man and that you could handle your job. What are you talking about? I can't handle my job. Running Karen Allen. I know. I had no idea that this was a once-in-a-lifetime thing that I had to apologize for. You know what? If I'm a baseball manager, what I every guy, time a guy hits a fucking triple, I got to fucking buy him some sweet tarts. I expect a guy like Pepper to hit a fucking triple. Uh, Bob, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Ronnie, I'm 500 fucking miles away from you guys, and I fell in love with Karen Allen. You should be in love with Karen Allen. She'd be perfect for you, Bob. Oh, Bob no, and no, Karen no. Allen should be perfect, the new fucking I've got couple. Perfect wife sitting beside me, buddy. Yeah, I know, but I will tell you this: you ought to tell her to act a little more like Karen Allen. Clashed up like Karen does. I'm telling you right now, I ain't fucking playing in the softball team this year. I'm going to be spending more time with Karen Allen. Come on, we need you though. It's for babies. I'm in a fucking relationship with Karen Allen. Can't get that Sunday off for a no, few she's hours? tell me about her play that she's going to be directing, and I might be painting scenery for her. Yeah, I what's, get it. What's Karen Allen got that we don't have? Courage. I forgot you were here, Fez. How you doing, Big Cat? I'm doing all right. What do you got in your life? What's going to bring the Big Cat into the show today? When's the Big Cat going to stand at the top of the key and hit that fucking three-pointer he's known for? Well, a uh, new show in development from the creators of Jersey Shore. How's that got to do anything with you? Are you going to be in it? No, I'm not going to be in it. Mm. You should be. I would love to see a show with you or a documentary with a show with you. I think if you committed to it, Fuzz, I think it would be fascinating. But you'd have to commit. You would have to commit. You know what I could discuss this with? Karen Allen. She's looking to break in as a director. Let's get her in there. I actually was in this conversation with people today. Most of the interviews that I hate doing are the actors. Not really? Karen Allen. Well, I mean, that you want them to be more thoughtful than they are. Yeah. Writers are always thoughtful. Directors are thoughtful. But a lot of actors are like, I don't know. Karen Allen's not that way. No, she cares about her craft. Do you ever see The Wanderers? Yeah, I've seen The Wanderers, yeah. Were you crazy about her in that? How could I not be? Oh, because I know that you're not always into chicks. Well, I'm always into women. I'm straight. Well, you're on Fizz. Hey, Ronnie B., I just wanted to thank you again for your uh, interview with Karen Allen. I mean, once again, Look, you pull out all the no, stops. No, dude, let's even see if me and her stay together. I don't know right now. <laughs> right now, I'm just taking it as it is. I'm not going to fucking go calling her back right away. Seems like it's going good so far. You're right, Fez. My wingman's there for me. You know what you give me that, that Hicks doesn't? Comfort. I don't comfort you, Ronnie B. Well, you don't go around trying to think of little things like that. Like, seems like it's going good so far. Fez has got his new TV show coming up. That's nuts. I wanted Fez sign. From the producers of Jersey Shore called More Jersey Shore. Is it like cabs are here type stuff or? Uh, T-shirt time is just the name of it. Right. By the way, the other night, the situation, I'm on a button shirt, and I feel like, well, times are changing. Look, he's growing up on us. 
Baby all growed up. He growed up, he growed up, he growed up. This is going to be a show about drunk mothers. Our show? No, no, no. This new show, uh, I guess, for MTV. Oh, you try to sleep with them or something? I want my MTV. Whatever happened to the Dire Straits? They never fucking bring it up. I thought they were going to be bigger than the Strait of Gibraltar. Well, I was fucking wrong. Did they ever even make another album after Brothers in Arms? Not that I'm aware of. And you know everything in the history of rock. Like a fucking encyclopedia. Encyclopedia Jones. Wasn't that somebody? Or was it Encyclopedia Brown? Encyclopedia Brown sounds more like... It sounds more familiar. Um, Chris, you're on Run of Fez. Uh, hey, Ron, I want to know if uh, Karen Allen left a number around, address, anything like that. By the way, uh, On Every Street, 1991, was the album after Brothers in Arms, Dire Straits. See, See, Chris understands. He's the real Encyclopedia Brown. <sighs> Do you think Sam is a male flirter? I can see that. Very giggly whenever in conversation with people. I thought I was just being funny. But I guess he's male flirting. Drunk mom show, huh, Fuzz? Uh-huh. Yeah, so this will be moms that like to go out and party and hang with their daughter's friends. It'll be about, you know, drunk moms and their daughters who either party together or the daughter's just humiliated by it. How low rent has MTV gotten for themselves? Won't these bitches get arrested for, like, fucking endangerment or some shit? Or providing Why they just got MILFs? Yeah. Drunk broads looking for dick. That's going to be the name of the show? That's what I pitched. That's one fucked up show you're pitching there, Steve Carlton. Let's see but if they you bite. You got the heat. No one can fucking hit your heat. Earlier, I'm going to fez. There's a basketball, Jones. Basketball Jones. I wanted that to be the production value when we, you know, for our thing. But we do a thing where there's no production values. Uh, we don't push it. We're like, let's get Hicks fucking working and everybody else can walk the halls. And we, maybe we can sell that for 1700 You know who did this, Fez? No, I have no idea. I've never heard this. Uh, you did hear this on a mess. Cheech and Chung. Since I was a little baby, I always be driven. In fact, I was the baddest. You watching any new TV this year, Fez? Um, I haven't. No, I haven't picked up any of the new shows yet. I did start watching uh, the last episode of Next Great American Food Chain. I'm already off that. I was on it. I'm off. Now my new thing is Shark Tank. Take such a next thing. Book me anybody from Shark Tank. Well, it's a tank it. of sharks. They give away money? and Yeah, they give away money. you got to dive into a tank of sharks holding on to bloody steaks. And then it's more money like if you'll tie a pork chop to your balls and dive in there. And people are signing up for this? A lot of people. They're turning fucking people away. What? Randy Quaid was on it the other night. Shit. You see Wendy Qu- uh, 
Quaid now performing live? Yeah, he's a fucking, he's a rock act now. Well, the Charlie Sheen thing had to drive him crazy. Oh, yeah, come on. It's the same fucking thing. Just, you know, crazy psychosis. Well, yeah, he was doing Nutty before Charlie Sheen. And, and this guy's uh, broad with him, too. Just, just as crazy. His well, own goddess. See, here's what I read. I think it was in a Vanity Fair article. It's like he's in a cult of two people. So he's in love with her, right? Yeah. And since she's crazy, the only way that he can stay in love with her is buying into his craziness. Rising up to the level of her fucking weirdness. Now, I guess it is a thing about enabling. Like, I tried to bring it up to Karen Allen, who I don't know whether anything's even going to work out between the two of us. Don't say that, man. Come on. You can work it out. If I don't want to get with Karen Allen, I'd like to get with Anthony Stalker. Someone who finally cares. And here's what kills me about Anthony. He doesn't even appreciate her. Doesn't seem like it. I mean, he's got this... By the way, I need that entire segment so I can listen to it over and over at home and laugh. Okay. But I don't know why this is. Stalked by a man, frightening. Stalked by a woman, hysterical. Oh, it's great. Because it's more of a, I guess, a nuisance than anything else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's there. It's kind of annoying, but, you know, not that threatening. Did you ever see that Vanilla Sky? Oh, yeah. Here's the only... Here's, well... And I would love to talk to fucking Cameron Crowe about this for putting this in. She's, like, screaming at him, you made a promise to me with your body. You made your, a promise, and fucking Tom Cruise takes it, and Cameron Crowe sold that as it's the... The fucking gist of the whole thing. That if you have a one night stand with someone, you now owe them something. And I think that's crazy on either side. I don't think the woman owes the man anything. I don't think the man owes the woman anything. But he's acting like you could get, get killed because of your dick. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he was talking about there. Well, she was just batshit crazy. That was the whole thing. Like he fucked her and then she got the crazy in her. But he's almost saying you made her crazy by fucking her. This is what you did. Yeah, that's bullshit. See, I would love to talk to Cameron about that. By the way, he's shooting a new movie, I'm happy to say, because I am a fan of his. And quite frankly, I think he used Jay Moore as, as well as anyone could. Oh, hell yeah. I like Jay in that movie a lot. Every scene, every scene. This is your favorite song in the whole thing? Oh, hell yeah, it's great. This was uh, being played with the empty Times Square? Yeah. One of the greatest shots in the, in the history of cinema. Amazing, and when that was that was like the shot they used in the promo, where it's just like the turnaround shot, and you see him like looking around, no one's there, blew your fucking mind. Even before they get to Times Square, when when the Upper West Side is empty, it's so scary. Yeah. And yet, I don't like the film, but there's things about it I love, and I would love to debate the. Uh, the fact of this, by the way, uh, we did birthday show yesterday for HTG. Uh, today, uh, William Shatner's birthday. Fez, how old? William Shatner, 72. Hicks, how old is William Shatner? 83. He's 80 years old. 80 years old. I did not think he was that old. Captain Kirk getting up there. Captain Kirk looks great for fucking 80. And the weird thing is he looked like shit at 50. And now 80, he looks fantastic. 
They ought to do a thing called fucking 80-year-old Star Trek. Like, what happens when everyone on Star Trek is really, really old? Why are most of them dead? Or at least a doctor. I could uh, I could consider you, Hicks, a white Irish drinker and dope head. All right, I'll take it. Well, I don't get a movie made after me. Let me ask you something, man to man. Sure. Have you ever turned down any drugs in your life? That have been offered to me, like, hey, you want some of this at yeah. a party, wherever? No, I don't, I don't believe so. No, I think I've, I've t- like, sure, I'll try that. No matter where you were going, what you were doing, you took the dope. Yeah. I know I've definitely fucking, some guys like, yeah, I have some extra e-pills, and I had to go like college interviews or some shows I get given to me. Fuck it. This and you sh- ate them right there. Yeah, I ate them right there. It was, it was in Grand Central Station. Not the smartest move, but I felt good. I will tell you this. I went over my head. I was, I was trying to rethink some of my uh, addictions. Mm-hmm. And I 100% do not have a single memory of before I quit ever saying no. It's kind of crazy. I never once said, no, I don't want that drug. Or, no, that drug, that's too far. Let's have a taste. That might mean, X, that you might have a problem. I know that uh, Dave said that he was on a bender and that his wife, he said, was just staring at him while he was drinking Bloody Marys for breakfast the other day. Yeah. Have you ever found yourself in that position? Oh, bef- yeah, yeah, plenty of, yeah, plenty yeah. of times where it's just come on like, in, darling. Pounding wine or whatever. Can't take it. Wait, look, come on in. This is our great friend Jennifer. Great to see you. Come on in. Now, look. Ever since the Pete Dominic, for the first time ever, I'm on some kind of a kissing thing that's yeah. never happened. I don't and kiss Pete though. He said that you did. That yeah, you guys no, kissed on no, the lips. No no, 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 swear. That's what he said. No, but I do. I did just discuss with my husband that I was gonna come talk to you today because I think I have too many guy friends at work. You do. <laughs> what when is when is all now you're now you're getting weirded out by it? Yeah. So he, here's what happened. Yeah. So all of a sudden yesterday I'm having a fine day and then mm-hmm. um and first of all I love you, but I am very, I'm a little upset about your like living for Karen Allen because I was listening on my way into work and Fez He's got it for her bad, and I... Only because I... and But I could tell you exactly how she does it. With the eyes. She looks at you the way a man dreams of being looked at by a woman. Oh. Like, oh my God, I must have just said the most fantastic thing. Powerful. So, but it's also like a reflection of the way we want to be to the world. And I think she does it yeah. instinctually. I don't think she... Like, she doesn't have your... Oh, let me flirt for my own self-worth. <laughs> she doesn't do that, you know? She's got better self-esteem than I But she have, has a blush when you said, th- th- you know, the fact that I brought up certain films of hers that maybe other people don't. And she knows I saw them. She'd be like, she would look down like, I can't believe that happened, and then looked up. Oh, and that, like, got you going. Yes, because... But it was very wholesome. I'm just turning off the sound of my phone. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. It was very wholesome. I don't want Pete fucking... Texting me. It was wholesome you weren't you weren't leering you were just it was love it was pure it, it is was love. it wasn't a whipped thing it was a it was you wanted to mow her lawn or i want to spend more time with her right you would have worn a dress and let her hem it i get it i understand but i i, I felt like wow he really that kind of that, that kind of love, love it is, doesn't even you can't even comprehend it oh no, god no and that's because you were born with a black heart 
And that is the I thing. I mean, I we're from know. two different yeah, tribes. Was I born with a black card? Are you making fun of the Jews? I haven't talked to you. I don't have to. I can't believe you just did that. I don't have to make that fun of the... You said the tribe thing? What, you go right? Because member of the tribe, I'm a Jew. That was, I... When I say I member don't... of the uh, tribe, I mean the Apaches. Oh, oh. I mean a real okay. tribe. All right, good. I just, as long as we're clear. So anyway, so this is what happened. Yesterday, I'm sitting at my desk. All and, fucked up. Yeah, and then, uh, no. Oh, and okay. then Jason Shram walks by me. And I realized when I was talking to you guys, I forgot to mention that I'm friends with Jason. Right. Love him. I love him too. He's great. And he always has this ever so slightly forlorn look to his face. Mm. Have you ever noticed that? He has a a kind of a serious look, kind of a, there's something I'm contemplating look. Or or maybe it's sadness. Not sure we're not that deep yet. So then, (laughs) then today, I get an email from two other guys who work here. Oh, Do you know God. Zach Tressler and Adam Hamway? Two guys who work here. Nice, great guys. I'm going to make a video with them. <laughs> and then I thought, <laughs> I might be a slut. A it is. Slut, you are because. A friend whore. First of all, with Pete Dominic yes. being as familiar with you <laughs> as you let him be. And I know. Seriously, I know you're not that way. No, God, no. But people look at Pete like, if he could get there, I know I could. Nobody's getting anywhere. Well, you're working your way through all the departments. Well, that's what it seems Because Pete Dominic's an on-air host. Jason, of course, the special events production. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. And so he does a lot of stuff. And I just, and I have more guy friends than I do female friends here. Well, you only have the one female friend. I have, well, yeah, and, my, well, I have Alexis, and then I have, um, I have Kathy, who's one of our producers, and then... Doesn't Judith count. Regan. You're, you're, friend. <laughs> friends. Well, I thought you said the other day you're also friends with Rosie. I am friends with Rosie, but she's never here. Love Rosie. Well, how did you get to be friends with her? Rosie... Long Island thing? No, not at all. Um, two years ago, uh, or a little more than that, I was always a super fan. Loved Rosie, and mm-hmm. I had written to her on her blog, like everybody else, like, hey, I think you're great. I love you. Right. And um, really, she didn't care. And then and then we almost were supposed to have lunch. She had written back on her blog something about our hanging out one time, but really it never happened. There was too many other – something suddenly came up. And then she saw a TV show I was on with Alexis called Whatever Martha. She liked it. And I went to her. She had that live show that one night that didn't do so well. Do you remember? It was like a – The variety show? Right, Fez. So I go to that, and I go to the after party. I didn't think it was as awful as everyone let on. I thought they just slammed her. Yeah, they slammed her, and it wasn't bad In the when, when I was actually at the live show. It was fun. I know. So I go I've had that happen in Saturday Night Live before. Right. Where, where you're you, like, this is unbelievable. And then everyone says, yeah. tanked. Yeah. I love it. SNL, though, is one of my, I'm a real SNL groupie. Mm. Then I might okay. really be a slut. But anyway, so um, I went to the after party, and there was Rosie across the room. And I really was afraid to go up to her because I'm such a super fan. Right. And she came up to me. Really? Yeah. All because you, of your show doing so well. Yeah. So, because she liked it. Not because it was doing, she just happened to like it. And right. then we became friends after that. Just, we hit it off. And now, um. I well, really here's like the thing that you always say that you're friends. You know, I do the Unmasked show with the comedians. Yeah. We've asked Rosie so many times. She won't do it? I don't even know if her people let I will her mention on. it to her. I will and, ma- and like, she might because she has a TV show say. coming. Tell me. Say, 
I produce a show for Ron Bennington called On Mass. Make it seem like it's no, your no, show. No, I know, but I will talk. But I, seriously, I, I, I want to put your name on it as a producer. No, no, I'm not going to be the producer, but I will tell her how much I adore you. Because li- when I listen to you, here's the thing, Ron. Yeah. I, you are funny. The other day, the two of you had some guy called in, and he was like, hey, it's Tom. And you're like, hi. He goes, hey. You said, hi, Tom. And he goes, Tom from Houston? Mm-hmm. And you're like... No, Tom from freaking Cincinnati. You're the wrong one. And then you started doing voices, Fez, and you guys were just so funny. And so I remember. So, it's just, yeah. Well, I mean, it's that's called doing radio, and I know that you're not, <laughs> you and Alexis don't exactly do that because she's sleeping. She's not even kind of <laughs> sleeping. And we've been on the air for five and a half years already. Yeah. So it's not even like we're such newbies. I mean, compared to you guys, we are. But no, but it, you know, when I, when I was doing this show for five and a half years, they named the town after me. So it's of course they did. there's plenty of time. But here's Great. all I'm saying. What? But now that you're producing on mass, I am producing on mass. Uh huh. I'm going to work on. I will. I will text Rosie. She's because you know right everybody. Now. The way you grew up, your dad right. was in the business. Your yes. brother's in the business. Yes. And then you do a show that you. Turn down guests. You're like, please don't come in here. You make us feel uncomfortable. I've never made you feel uncomfortable. No, not us. So I'll go. I, first yeah. of all, I don't allow myself. You're welcome just to because Alexis Johnny is in a bad want. mood, I'm not going to take that personal. You can't. Everybody it's else at all. Personal. Everyone else is all, all will tell me. I tried to. I go. Oh yeah, the, whatever. Girls, they're great. And they'll go. Well, I tried to say well, hi once, but Alexis treated me like shit. I go. She does with me too. I don't care. She's not treating anyone like anything. She a might not see the person when she's walking. If she's not wearing contacts, she might not actually see them. And she's not a big small talk person. But it's not. She's personal. uncomfortable. She just likes to do her own thing. It's right. really. She's not mean. She's not. She's shy, and she keeps herself. See, here's a. This is the thing that you and I have in common. We accept our partners the way they are. Love, we don't. Love Try to, but I can't love. I don't have that you ability. Don't have that ab- I, I, by the way, I've seen you with people you don't talk about on the air, and you love plenty. But what I tried—that's awful. That's—I <laughs> don't even know what that means. That almost, almost sounds like too much. But I'm like a weird card. The uh, it does. It sounds like a weird card. What does he even mean? I mean, you're saying that it's always funny, but I don't understand him. But I, I will say this to you: now that you're producing on mass, yes. Your dad's great friends with Who? Bill Cosby, He's Steve not. Martin, Robin Williams. I did meet Bill Cosby when I was a kid. He used to go to this place in the south of France that my parents went to all the time. And a couple of times I got to go and got to meet him. And he was very nice. Was I can't he? say we're friends. Yeah. At the south of France. In the south of France. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I, I had that kind of brain. It's not the life I lead now, though. So all this talk that I'm so super fancy, blah, blah, blah. I'm really not. Well, that's what Pete Dominic lets on. Yeah, but that's just because he's got anger issues. Now, you you said that our producer yes. weirded you out. Yes. And you said he's a strange F. And then no, he's, I said he is a, uh, uh, crap, what was the word I used? He's a scary. scary. I said scary he's a scary little, little F. Right. Yeah. So I'm that literally yeah. going to take him yeah. and talk with the PD. And it's not no, so much no, about, no, no. no. Okay. here's what I want you to no, understand. Listen, don't be mad at him. No, I'm not mad at all. Oh, okay, but he needs to be trained. Yeah. And the thing is, you're able to go, well, that's weird, but get by it. But I have him meet other celebrities yeah. for me and contact. And what happens? I don't want him to be as forward as he gets. Oh, but I'm a nothing. I just work here. So what happened was he was just being funny about the whole thing. I, I get think. it. I get it. But, you know, like... There are people who see themselves as we're the host right now. You're the producer. I just want him to be that kind of professional thing. Oh. 
I don't want any of the other people to think of him as a scary little f. And I understand I, that. And in my mind, yeah, all he wants to be is part of the gang. But of he's he does. kind of tell me what. I don't know. He's kind of quirky. Is he I'm playing gonna, two hands against the middle? I don't know what that even means. I don't either, but I hear no. people use it a lot. So what do they say? Two hands against the middle. I think it means that he's on like this side and this side, and then he's in the middle. Okay, that's stupid though. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't, I think he just lacks judgment. I don't think he's a bad kid at all, but I think he doesn't know how he comes across. Okay. And we work, work, work. Are on. you working on him? Yeah. I think you have, I think one of your roles, Ron, mm-hmm. beyond being this talk show host and, and I'm sure you co-produce Unmasked, no? Or is that all Fez? That's all Fez. Wow, I just showed up at the last second amazing. hit one out. Yeah. Fez, Fez is. Well, I got your help now, Jennifer. Yes, you do. Certainly for the Well, actually, show. if I'm going to tell the truth, he co-produces that with Mark Zito. Where oh. you usually co-produce it by yourself and and it would be crazy not to also say Chris Stanley, oh, who's the executive producer of everything. But what I was going to say is you, beyond your role as all these things, you're also a teacher. I t- give guidance. Now, here's the thing. What? I have that role with everybody but the Zito kid. Oh, why not? I don't know. I see it in you. I don't know, but I have it. Like, other people come to me and go, hey, when you told me that, I think, thanks. I was right. able to do this. But for some reason, when I tell this kid things, I see his head shaking no. I was, try- I was trying to pull him into a bit today, he's and he's defiant? shaking his head no. And I think it's because he was raised an only child oh. in Rhode Island, and his parents just told him that he was wonderful and beautiful. And I don't want him to get off into that. Just because you're wonderful and beautiful, you As still a have child. to learn and evolve yeah. and become something. Maybe it's just like he thinks I have nothing I can give him. Oh, God, he's so wrong. Fez. Mm. Oh, absolutely. You're offering to teach him, to tutor him in the ways of how to be. Well, Fez, you've actually even given him back to me because I gave him the Fez ones. I'm like, no one's better at preparing Fez. But you guys have no chemistry. Now, the other day, uh, you were in a... Tell you me. were. I, I want to get the inside of this, of, of how much you felt like Pete Dominic betrayed you, talking about... Oh, I didn't really feel betrayed at all. But it was fine. The, the was, way he talked about you, it, it seemed like something else was happening. I Yeah, it's all interpretation. Each human being is different and mm-hmm. subject to interpret interactions in his or her own way. And I adore him. I think he's cute and fun and bright and witty. And my husband and I talk about him all the time. During sex? No, not during sex. But it's just a, as like a... My, if I'm driving my husband crazy, he'll say, why don't you go talk to Pete? I mean, it's just funny. Do you know Jeremy Coleman said to me, what? he goes, is something happening between Jennifer he, I and... I do not believe Jeremy said that. He said that. that, and I go, I don't no think so. No. And he goes, that's the scuttlebutt. What? There is no scuttlebutt. I think you're starting trouble. Jeremy is it's... the type of person... He's not that... gossipy. No, but he does know what all what he calls his big names are up to. I'm, oh, I guess Pete's a big name. You're a big name. I am. You're on TV. I'll take it. You're in radio. You. What's the new show going to be about, by the way? Well, the new show is going to be more like our radio show. It's going to be once a week, late at, uh, late at night. Just hanging out? We're going to talk about current events. I mean, we're going to yeah, just hanging out, kind of like the radio show. Okay. We can debate. Alexis can poo-poo everything I say and do. That never hurts you? No, mm-mm. Because I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am. Mm. So, we're I got some uncomfortable news for you. What Look is it? Who it is. Who? Hi, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Who is it? Hello, this is Pete Dominic. Crap. Who did that? I heard it all. 
<laughs> I didn't say anything bad about you. I said yeah, I adore did. you. What did I, I say bad about Pete? Well, you didn't act like any what? of the stuff he said wasn't true. I didn't say it wasn't yeah. true. I said the kissing. I said the kissing wasn't true. We never made out. Why did you come down to the studio? I am not in studio today. I'm I'm home crying at some of the things that you just said. I'm deeply. Uh, you couldn't possibly be betrayed. crying. Mm-hmm. Betrayed by what? <sighs> in here listening to all of it <laughs> i know it hurts <laughs> which part i said i thought he was great i called you cute people misinterpret no my point is they never kiss we didn't kiss we did not kiss we never we never touched lightly <laughs> there was no light you know, touching you know this would uh, i'm sure there's a lot of i can't think of another word but catholic girls who know what it's like to be denied in the daytime what's Where, that mean well when i was younger yeah there were certain catholic girls we would be with at night and then if they tried to come around if you're on the street corner with your friends you're like yeah. get out of here oh no i'm not you know like what, that but no yeah. Pete he is. is being treated. You're treating Pete. No, I'm not. Like, if Pete oh, were here, I would hang out with him. When we're alone, anything Listen, can happen. I would light touch in the hallway if that would make you happy. But light touching means what? That's over what the clothes. Is- I think that I think that you know exactly what it means because I'm- I think it's happened in the past. And uh, by the way, Jeremy Coleman is very perceptive. He is. Wait, I want to know. What, like, can we define light touching people? I I think that it it takes place. Yeah. Over the bra. No, there is none of under that. Under the bra? No, I don't think Under the bra is light touching? Think, wait, I don't, so think Pete knows, I don't even think Pete knows that I have boobs. It's not that. It's not. Everyone here knows I, that you do. Okay. Um, <laughs> Pete, I said I think you're awesome. I do. You said I was cute instead of hot, but you said. Uh, Hold on. You're you very. There's a huge difference between. You are you hot. And... I'm sorry. I, you are very hot. How's that? Listen, I think you're you're adorable. It's better, but I mean, it's it's what? easy to say to my face now. Listen, I have. You didn't you know think what? I was listening. I'm being bamboozled right listening. now. I don't even know what that because, means. That's yes, a, you do. Bamboozled's not like two hands against the middle. Bamboozled. I thought it was like a Spike Lee movie where they what? made fun of black people. <laughs> I, listen, I have, uh, let me when, set the when record I was on last I think, week. Listen, I think you are a uh, a charismatic, very witty, hot guy. Have you if ever I done would, his show? You ever drop in like you did here today? No, I would you never ever drop swing in by Pete. No, I wouldn't Why? because we don't. Have, it's not that kind of relationship. Pete and my relationship is all about the light touching. Okay, so Oops. what is our what is our relationship Crap. that you can just swing by? I have this very comfortable, good, open, like conciliary. Would you say? Would you, you say on air? Ron, it's everything yeah. you don't get back from Alexis. That's what you get from me. <laughs> yes. Somebody who's here in the conversation, who I values I'm opinions. So lonely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, it's weird. I have that with Fez, where I can only feel comfortable with Fez if yeah. there's another human being in the room. No, it's just not. It, we're listen. You and I, Ron, are very alike and have a <laughs> what, Pete? What? I think everybody has that with Fez. Okay, but the point of the matter is this. You get the same thing with... Fez answers me the way Alexis answers you with that air. Where it's no, just she does like, not. Well, this she is, is fully engaged on our show. I see you're doing this a lot. Um, what else do we have? I think Alexis is just dry. She's fantastic. Don't you malign my partner. She's. I'm not at all. I like a girl who looks like she just shot heroin before the show started. (laughs) That's my thing. She is. She's hot. That's my thing. Now, Pete was actually telling me that the first time, now the first time I did your show, Slade, I got a lot of great emails. You were awesome. People loved me on there. 
Pete said the first time he did your show, it didn't go over very well. I thought it did, didn't it, Pete? He said he felt awkward. Really? I I really was, uh, yeah, I got a lot of negative. You and I are so close, and you didn't tell me this? I got a lot. Well, that was before we were close, actually. When I first did your show, I didn't even know you. But once we got close, you didn't think to tell me that you had a bad experience? I don't think I had a bad experience. I enjoyed it, as I always do when I'm on the radio. I generally enjoy it, but I don't think it was received very well by uh, by almost anyone. Is it one of those things where, like, uh, real-life couples that are uh, both actors, if they do a movie together, the chemistry... <laughs> well, before they even we weren't even, we mm. weren't, like, touching then. Yeah, because we, there was no touching at all. Right. He, he said that he brought up that he likes a finger in his ass. He did not bring that up. I did, too, bring it up on the show. I did. I absolutely brought it up. And, and what happened? And, well, I thought it was going over really well. I'm scrunching and, my and, face. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> what? The, the finger in the ass. Well, mainly a, a probing. That's not a full, not all the way to the knuckle number two. It's, it's not. Not up to the ring? No, I'm not gay. I just like a, a nice probing. And, wow, uh, that's a little so gay. You, now, what? here's something that you, you find distasteful. Slightly gay. But the way that you're acting when you say it now, I bet when he said it on your show, you made the same face like this is so uncomfortable. I might have made that same scrunch Yeah, so face. that, you know, yeah. as a performer, he's not getting the feedback that he's looking for. I'm sorry I let you down, Pete. I think it was more that that uh, that the relationship between the two of them on air, I somehow, I somehow created... Uh, um, a conflict there or some discomfort This is interesting. There. How did that happen? I don't know. Because I didn't know better, I guess. That's no. what I felt. That's some of the feedback that I got later. But that was, again, that was before Jen and I had ever really... Well, who uh, who gave you the feedback that you would cross uh, I, lines? I, 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 I don't feel comfortable at this point. Producer, then. Wow. Producer. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. I don't even think that producer works there anymore. He's protected <laughs> producer, but what he's saying is... Yes. The producer went and said, look, huh. here's why you didn't do well. Huh. But we were not informed about this. We don't get a lot of notes on our show. I, I gotta, Ron, can I just ask you a question, though? When I was on last week, you know, I came on to promote my show, and oh, I, I really appreciated you guys having me on, and, you sure. know, to hit my, you know, all my plugs for my radio show as well. And, and, uh, I did I know, I got like one new Twitter follower of your listeners, and Jen got like, thousand granted my twitter is at jennifer hutch by the way but i just like i'm not even you have doing great followers you guys run, hold on pete you're at Bi- pete's big math but not anymore we, no i changed it to pete dominic because when i was on ron and fez you know i didn't get it i thought maybe it's because i got a weird twitter handle i just so i switched it to my name pete dominic but, didn't i tell you you could do that yeah you did but Thank i mean you. i just nobody none of the nobody even cared and it's just there's just i don't blame any of the listeners because she's really hot right. and i'm i'm just a guy and and you're not going to get watch any twitter this, i'm just watch. so jealous but about pete, how many followers pete you're a hot guy yeah, but none of it's not working now why uncomfortable really it was playing both sides against the middle did i do it again two yeah. hands against the middle yeah, i don't even know what that means crap Ron, uh, Jen, if you if you had to have sex with with Ron or me, I mean, can you just tell Ron who it would be? No, you don't even have to. You don't even have I, to because I mean, you're married. I am married. You're in a relationship, with two children. and you don't even let yourself fantasize outside of that relationship. Well, sure, I do. You do. Of course, I'm who's not a, dead. Who's a celebrity I'm not fantasy dead. For you? Other than Pete Dominic, I'm gonna guess. Can I guess? Yeah. So Charles Barkley? No. Because I know a lot of Jewish girls are thinking I'd like to go black. No. To really hurt daddy's no, feelings. No, no, no. Uh, I used to, when I was a kid, I loved Johnny Depp. I don't anymore. That might have been lesbian tendencies that you had because he has a girl face. A lot of people tell me I look like Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else did I, do I like? Oh, I liked Robert Downey Jr. a lot. 
During his shooting dope days? No, during his, like, um, that movie where he played the guy who died and comes back to life with Sybil Shepard. Oh, Come on. Chapman, Ch- yeah. No, it's not Chances. That's chances good. are. Is that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, it's called Chances are. I seriously loved him then. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Just because you're married and, and then you know, and then I, it doesn't mean you can't. I met him before at a movie screening. For, and? Uh, he was dressed up as if it were another time. <laughs> he always he, is, right? Yeah, I mean... And like it, a zoot suit? Yeah, no, I think he would... Even earlier, it was like the 1890s or something. <laughs> and he all but had a, a cane with him. And I thought, what a uh, a different way of going through life. Yeah, it's, he's theatrical. He is theatrical. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the best way to put it. But... um you know, now that he's sober, yeah. he works very hard at it. He's not sure like... it does to you? It doesn't... No, I don't work hard at it at all. What I like to do, I'm the moth that flies, uh, flies as close to the fe- uh, flame. I'm Fez. Just call I'm me Fez. Wrong. No, it doesn't matter. We're both <laughs> the same thing as one's talking as the other. Hey, uh, what is Jen wearing? Because I'm not there. Oh, God. See, I can't be part of your bedroom talk. And now that I know that you fantasize while your husband's <laughs> oh, with you, it's Jesus awful. Christ. This is how Jeremy Coleman picks up Scuttlebutt. Oh, he does. Somebody on Twitter asked me this morning yeah. what, Jen, what Jen was wearing. The only reason a new Ron FS listener is following me on Twitter to find out what, yeah. what Jennifer is wearing, and it was like 8 in the morning. I'm like, dude, oh, I'm Jesus not even at work. Much um, less she gets in work like five minutes before her show. So I'm yeah. just, I'm I don't follow the Twitter. I am in a red sweater and black pants. Could you just text me a picture because I'm home? Oh, yes. God. Let me ask you this, though, because I don't follow Twitter. Is it okay to swallow a baby aspirin? Or do you have to <laughs> it's unclear. That was my tweet last night. <laughs> I cheated. See, this I is why like I don't like Twitter. It seems like a ridiculous question. It's not ridiculous. What is the answer, people? You can, can crush you it and snort it. It's the same aspirin. dope. What you, is it? I yes, don't know. Yes, you can crush it and snort it. It'll get into your system so much I'm faster. I'm not a doper. Can I read some of your emails to me, Jen? No, do not. Um... We got to take a break here, but okay, it's so nice. Go yeah, you got to go and get everything go. ready. Pete Dominic. Pete, when are you coming back to work? I'll be back tomorrow. I've been depressed. I had to stay home for two days. Are you okay? I've been a little depressed. About what? CNN uh, won't send him to Libya. He wants to be out oh. at li- in Libya he the whole time. He wants to be a reporter. Yeah. You're half right. Mm. All right. Well, feel better. Thanks, Ron. Depressed. All right. Talk to you later, Pat. Thanks, Fez. Bye. Say Bye. Pete. That's so sad. All right, take your break. Thanks for All having right. me on. It's always nice to see you. And please feel free to walk That's in anytime you want. Thank you. And thanks for taking care so, of that cactus. Just before that we, we go, just tell me. Just tell me, I'm not a slut that I have a lot of guy friends. As long as I'm not having sex or like touching all of them, the fact it's all that, okay, right? Look, the fact that you're even asking means that there's a problem going on right now. You've crossed some at work lines. There's no doubt about that. Oh i got to work on my boundaries. The fact that Pete has no boundaries with you is why Mark Zito feels like he doesn't need any boundaries. This is a big problem. I'm going to work on it. Yeah. All right, Ron, thanks. Bye, Fezzy. Bye. Remember, people treat us the way we expect to be treated. Okay. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, there she goes. The Whatever Show with Alexis and Jennifer coming at 5 in the East. Jennifer Hutt. Bye. Five in the East, I'm Martha Stewart Living. She's really adorable, Jennifer. Oh, she's the but, cutest. Uh, very confused about how to treat men. Very, very confused. I'll tell you, this is Jewish girls can give you a headache. X? Yes, Ron? Do you have any baby aspirin? Is it okay to swallow it rather than crush it up and snort it? I think either way, you're good. X, uh, am I st- uh, Did we find out about that other screener I needed? I believe it's on its way. That's right. the last I heard. And then I'm, I'm going to a screening tonight, right? Yes, you are. I just want to point something out. And yes. I know you're the override. 
Uh, and have you ever had a, just a sit down with Zito about the things that you heard me talking to her about? I'm I'm going to give him a talk. Is there a reason that he doesn't think that he can learn from me, that he thinks he knows it all? I don't know what's going on, but I think we can get through to his head, though. I, he, he'll learn. I'm positive. Be such an enabler. You remind me of Karen Allen in that movie. And this is the other weird thing. Um, why would it make Jennifer nervous or jealous that I'm having a nice time with Karen Allen? I don't get it. It's a little weird. And what did now Jennifer and Pete sit around listening, waiting for their name to pop up? That's what it sounds like. As soon as she got in there, Pete's on the phone. Mm. Odd. Very, very odd. And you didn't even go talk to her about that other problem, huh, Fez? Uh, Fez Watley, by the way, if you want to have a day with him, you no longer can. It's off the table. Congratulations to a very, very young uh, and happy listener named Trout. Is it Trout John? Trout John. Trout John, who uh, came in at the last moment, made a pathetic bid, and won. In the meantime, we lose the Regis. We we lose the SNL. We lost to Bill fucking Clinton, who, quite frankly, hasn't worked in 11 years. But we did it all in the last 45 minutes. That's our new thing. We're going to try to scramble at the end. This is the way that, with flurries, is how Muhammad Ali would win boxing matches at the end of his career. He would rope a dope for two minutes and 45 seconds and then throw a flurry of punches in the last 15 seconds and hope to win the round. We picked that up from him. All right, we got a break. We're going to come back and wrap up the show. Why don't we come back with a song? Uh... Let's play the new Randy Quaid song that the kids are all dancing to. It's the Run and Fest Show. Put your name in the face of the world of next. Watch the pictures of 
to invite the organs on eBay. I'm talking about Randy Quaid uh, singing so hard he just collapses. Um, those cheesy star whackers. And what's the next line, Hicks? I can't make it out. Uh, Something trappers? Toe, toe tappers. Toe tappers. Yeah. Uh, he's up in Canada with his wife because he believes there's star whackers out there. And every time a star dies, it's because uh, people have lined it up. Uh, the other thing I love about Randy Quaid. Only one other person I ever saw in my life work with a bar towel in their hand so they could dap off, and that is, of course, Meatloaf. Um, occasionally, Elvis Presley also needed to dab, mm-hmm. and uh, the great uh, James Brown, but they would normally keep a scar for something nice. He's just standing there with a fucking bar towel, wiping himself down. He's working hard up there. Or hardly working. Uh, Randy Quaid, who people now see as a crazy joke, but he literally is one of our best actors. He's a fucking great actor. Particularly when he got the roles for it. When he got dramatic roles, he was terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's into this, whatever his weird scene is. And what kills you, they're saying he has no money at all. But if he was working, he would have the money. There's our friend Liam. Just come in real quick. One sec. <laughs> I just want to say to you, Liam, thank you so much for taking care of Chris Stanley and showing him the time of his life. Stanley's the best guy ever. He loved being down there with you and you taking care of him. We were sipping beers all day. Yeah, and from what I understand, <laughs> bypassing the lines. <laughs> and I know that you don't like the herb. You don't like the herb. I do not like the herb, but I love DJ Chris Stanley. Uh, I was uh, like, yeah. he's got to get on the air, guys. He's he's super important. I made the list. I was like, this is DJ Chris Stanley. He's a blogger. He yeah. needs to get on our broadcast immediately. Beautiful. When he gets here, let me know. They came right. in with HWK. It was awesome. Why weren't I here this before? Did uh, you and Andrew WK together? Oh uh, yeah, he was like so. You came and in he's right your favorite, us. right? Oh, I love Andrew WK. He's the man. He was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. I never told you this years ago. It was your birthday mm-hmm. before I even met your chick. Yeah, she and I had worked out something. Where we were going to have Andrew WK surprise you for your birthday. Oh wow! What uh, happened? Uh, it fell apart. It was before we knew a Liam. Okay, uh, it was when we were at the other place. <laughs> but she's like Andrew WK is his favorite. And I think I've got a connection to bring him in. I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't even know if you were full-time working for us then. It sounds like I think I was an intern at that point. Yeah, It might have been. Yeah. But you were already a legend. And <laughs> um, But you were the only person I've ever known that I heard Andrew W.K. 
It was your favorite. It's weird because I asked you why you were so excited about it, and he said, "I don't fucking know." He's great. I, everybody, he's... everybody flipped out when he walked in. The kids went wild. They licked the glass on our recording studio. Yeah, but nobody knows why they love that guy. I'll tell you why. Because he was a Madden, and when you are a Madden song, throw it up. That fucking thing is in your head so much. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh... That fucking party song drove me crazy for years. Yeah. It's awesome. Every song. He likes to party. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and I'd be like, I'm beating the Lions. This fucking song is great. <laughs> oh, look at that. White uh, jeans. Dirty white jeans. Yeah, he loves it. He loves yeah. the look. All right. Well, it was I, fun hanging with you, Pepper. Oh, it was a great time. I, I, it, was, it was a good time down in Austin. All right. See you guys at Cannes Film Festival in a couple months. <laughs> um, did he remember when he, he did the show? Did you bring that up to him? Or you not? You don't self-promote, do you? I didn't want to bother him. He was Liam was bringing him in, and Liam was doing me enough of a favor of getting me in there. I didn't want to fuck anything up. I would know. I know this about us. No one promotes. Oh, I, and I, I promote, but, but I, I mean just... even self promote. Like everybody on this show is like whatever. But like those two other people, we had Pete on, and we had Jennifer on. They're both going. My Twitter. Go to my Twitter. We don't even name the Twitter after ourselves. We don't promote. Fezzy, you're not a promoter. No, you're smaller than life. You're like I don't. By the way, what did that mean that Pete said no one likes to be alone with you? Oh, I heard that. Did that surprise you? Yeah, that surprises me. I guess I'm giving off a scary vibe. When have you ever... Who's the person you think you're comfortable with being alone with you? I think Jeremy Coleman. I think Liam, who is just here. Jennifer and I talk. She just said she was part of the the oddness. Um, We'll have to look into that for Fez. Let's see how you act. Let's just... uh, you and I are on the elevator. We don't know each other. How would you react? Uh, good morning. Uh, what floor are you going to? I've already pushed it. All right. Uh, wow. It's uh, can't make up its mind out there whether it wants to be spring weather or not. Wait, what an original thought. So um, I'm going all the way to the, uh, up to the 37th floor uh, for Sirius XM. Enjoy your trip. Yeah, that would be very weird. It'd be very weird to have someone saying that kind of shit to you. No, on an elevator, an entire little blind space, a stranger just saying that. He was always asking a lot of questions, even when we tried to. Now, you uh, don't go out to bars anymore to try to meet people. I haven't gone out in a long, long time. And you didn't feel like you did well there. Oh, I did awful there, just awful. Where would you like to try to meet people now? Um, I'm trying to think of what you know. What's the next step? Because. Church didn't work out. Well, you don't believe in God, right? Right, so it didn't that, feel right doing that. Liars! When they're talking. By the way, I got something I need to send Blowhard. Remind me. Okay. He'd like a little something that I have, but I have it at my house. Got it. I'm going to make myself a note. That's good the way you do that. You make notes for things. Yeah. So where's it going to be for you, Fez? I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to join some sort of club or something. It almost seems like you're clubbing people over the head. Um, Bill, you're my face. Uh, we lost you. What kind of club would you join? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Now I would have to come up with a hobby and join some sort of club for that hobby. So the, you're only... So your only reason for being at the ho- of getting the hobby was to go to the club and then meet people from that club. Yeah. 
Yeah, to, to yeah to uh, you know to try to expand my uh, boundaries that way. What do you mean expand your boundaries? Well, I don't have a lot of interest because I'm always stuck inside my own stupid head. So I would have to expand my boundaries. Well, why don't you try to meet somebody in there? Meet someone in your head. Maybe you could start dating your brain. What about like a rec center? I don't know, they have those for adults. Well, they have like pool or whatnot. There are now fucking male uh, adult. I was going to say bombardment, but I don't know what you guys called it up here when you throw the fucking dodge balls. Dodgeball? You call it dodgeball? Or kickball, dodgeball, I guess dodgeball it's called, yeah. Yeah. Dodgeball, yeah. We, we call it bombardment where yeah. I lived. We call it war ball. What? I guess it could become... See, to me, dodgeball is something girls would play, and boys would fucking throw the ball hard at each other, but it's probably dodgeball because they named that movie after it. Um, but maybe you could go to something like that. You consider yourself a jock? No. No, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not much of a jock, so... I don't know if I would... In dodgeball, I'm going to get knocked out quick, so I don't I, know if that's going to help. Maybe? Here's the thing. For, uh, Hicks, I'll just tell you why it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. He always makes up the list of why things won't work. I forgot about that. Yeah. What Did you know that Pete Dominic felt, feels weird being alone with you? No, I had no idea. Mm. Hicks, are you comfortable being alone with him? Uh, yeah, I guess. See, here's what I do. See, I like uncomfortability. Yeah. Fez and I get on the... Uh, Elevator together today. Fez is on his. He always has that back corner that he likes. Mm-hmm. It's just him and I on the elevator. I rush back and kind of leaned against him there. So he went to the other corner and I followed him in. <laughs> so I look for uncomfortability. I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. But here's why, Fez. I think your biggest problem is you're trying to do the same thing over and over, right? Sure. Yeah. Now, if the same thing over and over is just led to unhappiness. Then do something different. You know, just go in a whole different direction. Do like that George Costanza thing, the exact opposite. Exactly. Whatever goes to your head, say, fuck it. I'm doing the exact opposite thing. No thanks. I mean, go out winner. You got that chick. You got that job. Right. Come on. George is living behind the hog. Tate, you're on a fez. Don't run. I, I have a TiVo and I only watched the first half of that Seinfeld. All right. Well, I want to see that after Shark Tank. It's been like years. Hey guys, uh, I had a little advice for Fez. I know it's kind of, I guess, cliche, uh, but I just joined my local chapter of the YMCA. And young man, take a dick up the ass. I said, young man. Wait, am I doing in the Navy or YMCA? I don't remember. They're both. No, that's YMCA. There is a place in Chelsea. I think you might like. What's that? It's called the Cock of the Month Club, and Ooh. it's kind of different, kind of fun, kind of crazy. Um, here's uh, the Daily Leader. Leader, you're on a Fez. Hey, what's going on? That was great stuff. Do you think I could auction off an elevator ride with Fez for my kid's school? Oh, oh shit! No. I, wouldn't, oh. Uh, I wouldn't auction off my time pushing the button with you. Huh? What? What do you mean? No, I'm not giving any time to the Daily Leader. Come on, I watch her, so mostly the money would be going to me, but it's a good cause. Mm. All right, Leader. So, that it's a good cause. That repartee you and him have, that fucking give and take. It's nuts. Getting calling for a long time. They started back up again. I know, it's good ago. to hear. Yeah. Once I went to call him the weekly leader, but we got sued for that from a children's magazine. Call them highlights. 
More like lowlights. Maybe I should be the Fez character. Like, I'll be Fez, and I'll show you how you should treat him back. Go ahead. Could I auction off an elevator ride for my kid's school? Why don't I auction off a trip to my ball sack for you, you fucking sleazy homo? Go ahead. Get down and do what your mom does. Lick my hairy asshole. Fuck you. Good one, Fezron. Oh, thanks. I don't know what I'd do without you, Chris Tanley. Thanks, Fezron. Hey, by the way, have you lost weight down there in Austin? You look fantastic. Thanks, Fezron. I'd kill to have your hair. What are you staring at, big boy? Have fun with it a little bit. But you're into this. I, I try to tell you, comedically, I find you on your heels so much. Mm-hmm. Lead. Head in. Stop going for the honest answer. Go for bizarreness. Maybe Fezron will be my new character. Fuck you. Why don't you make up a new character for yourself, Piss Stanley? <laughs> what are you laughing at? Taking a look at your dick five seconds ago? Jesus, Fezron, you're getting pretty mean. Jesus, Fezron, that's... I'm used to being that being yelled out late at night. Uh, Jimmy James, you're running Fez. Hey, I got a club suggestion for Fez. What's that? Oh, you can join a golf club. The goal is to shut your mouth while others are around. And Guess what? I got a club for you, Jimmy James. You can fucking grip it and rip it the same way your uncle did. You douchebag. Why don't you join the club I'm starting? Put your uh, I can put my hole in your one. What? I said it backwards. What did he mean by that? Golf? Put my hole in your one? My one in your hole. Which, which hole? The bad one. Lady Trucker, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez Ron. You want to go? Uh, I'd like to auction a ride in my truck, baby. Oh, you're already hauling fat from one end of the country to the other. Fuck you, LT. I thought she was hauling pig, but I could just smell her rotten twat. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZRON. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZRON. Saucy Fezron. Uh, Matt Queensbury, you're on a Fez. Hey, what's going on? Ron, I think you're really on to something here. I think, much like Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron switched places in that classic movie, you and uh, Fezzy should do it for a whole show, take on the others. Matt, why don't you switch places with me so I can fuck you in the ass for a while? You half a fembot? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZRON. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZRON. That's right. I'm large and in charge, bringing it all. Quite frankly, what I'm doing right now is not much different from the way Fez used to be at mm -hmm. one time. But he wasn't waiting for it to come to him. He's going at it. Um, sometimes, Fezzy, I try to have, go out and get it. Go out and get it. You remind me of a guy, you go catfish, uh, fishing right and you've dropped a hook down into a sandbox and you're waiting for it to fucking rain and then for catfish to dive into that sandbox instead of reeling in going out and where the fucking fish are get some bait out there um but to each his own to each his own who's to say who's right and who's wrong i gotta say something to you chris stanley yes i told you today that you were still drunk from your trip and that you couldn't book a decent person on this show. Uh-huh. 
Anyway, eight six six from what? So did no, you think I was going to say more? That someone else would come after that. Uh. Uh, Greg, Georgia, you're on Fez. Ronnie B. Yeah. Hey, this new uh, this new Fez character sounds kind of gay. You know what else sounds kind of gay? Your dad when he's he's. Screaming, oh, I'm coming, give me a reach around every time I fuck him in his ugly ass. 866 Ron Zero Fezron. God, Fezron. Mm. Graphic. Barry, you're on the Ron Fez show. Ron Fez, what's cum taste like? It tastes like your dad's mouthwash, you fucking wannabe. How hard would it be to answer these things rather than what does cum taste like? <laughs> It's an XL channel. I don't know what people do with this. They guess they don't like. Chris, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Fez Ron, you got any kids? No, but one time I was fucking someone. When I pulled my dick out, there was a huge turd on the end of it. I call him Turdy Jr. It's not that hard. The character's already there. <laughs> Get off the heels. Get into the game. Uh, Hicks. Yes. I want you to do something for me. What's that? Maybe once turn something down. Could be a beer. Could be a shot. You take your dead man's fucking scotch home last uh, night. It's in, in the uh, in my drawer at work. I will tell you this. Yesterday you said to me, Ron, I want you to try something. Even you've been sober for many years. I want you to smell this scotch. Right. And I got news for you. Yes. That fucking. Wonderful odor. It stayed in my nose all night long. Oh, no. And I fucking had a dream. Last night, I'm back in Chichester, fucking drinking shots. Oh, no. And having the time of my life. Okay, see, war is brand new. I do Murphy's Night last night. Oh, fucking Smitty's dancing on a table. Smitty Here's there. fucking Warty. Everybody's having the time of their life. Fucking Berkey's got hemostats attached to his red fucking beard. I was back in it again. Wow. Back where I fucking belong, back to my birthright. And I forgot who I was until you took that devil's urine and just laid it across my fucking nose. Laid it across my nose. Scotch is good. Where is rap? Maybe if you would have put a lettuce wrap around your boyfriend's dick, you wouldn't end up with AIDS. It seems like my only put down, though, is to act like they're the gay ones. I don't know. Well, you're fucking them, right? But see, my point is this. I think that a lot of people who do homophobic jokes yeah. or uh, judge people homophobically, it's because they have gay feelings that they're trying to fight off. They have the thoughts. Yeah. Like infection. It's almost like if they talk about it, then they don't have to do it. A gay gay meeting, if you would. You know what I mean? Yeah. They go to gay gay meetings oh. and they talk about how they don't want to be gay yeah. so much. And everyone agrees like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be gay I either. Like I don't want that. My life is better without it. Yeah. So they could just they sit around and talk about that so much. And they want the approval and the backing of everyone else. Because what they really want is a cock on the end of their fucking chin. That's oh. my belief, which I think every time. Gay people get beat up or jump like that. It's by secret gay people. So it's all gay on gay crime. And straight people really have nothing to do with this. That's some great fucking reasoning. I wish that I was a fucking lawyer. I wish that you could walk in any court of law and say, look, I was a shop major in high school. Mm -hmm. 
uh, can I please take over this fucking court? And they would say yes to it. If we did that, we'd have a better world. Yeah. A much better world. Instead, it's going to fucking filter everyone through schools. Well, I do want to thank a guest that I was able to go out and get myself with no help. And that's Miss Karen Allen. I thought I had something to do with it. Really? Yeah. K.A.? Yeah. I go back with her. Have you ever been to the Berkshires? Because I have, Hicks. No, I think I drove through them once to go to a fish festival. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't stop there, because that place is like a fish festival. <laughs> it's actually, we should do a show out of there this summer. Okay. And by show, I mean not do the show for a couple of days. And just go up there. And go up there, <laughs> you and your dead man Scotch. All right, if it's still fucking available. Might be gone by then. The Berkshires? No, the Scotch. Oh. You said you were a little queasy drinking dead man scotch, though. Oh, it was a little weird, but I think I can get over it. It was taken off his dead nightstand. Did you notice that? Like, yeah. he came in and been drank? Yeah, it's half full. Yeah. And he had been drinking out of the bottle. Yeah. Oh, like what are you going to do? Souls inside of it. All right, so we do have to uh, get out of here. Where are you sending me tonight? What uh, film do I have to see? You're going to see Source Code with starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, this is a time traveler movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When is it open to the general public? I believe uh, two weeks. Oh. All right, I'm looking forward to this because cool. I do like a time travel movie. Oh hell yeah! And I don't I don't do very well with the uh, the the summer films. They drive me fucking crazy mm-hmm. until they start traveling through time, and I'm like, fuck yeah, let me into this shit. Oh, it looks, it looks like this one looks like a good one. It looks like going by the guy who directed Moon, David Bowie's son. Well, you don't have to bring up that. Duncan Jones has got his own fucking career. He doesn't have anything to do with his father, Davy Jones. David Jones is Bowie's real name. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Um, I the reason why you don't know that is because you don't know your fucking rock history. What's the way people like me and Steve Leeds that get thanked? I got to say this again: Steve Leeds thanked during the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. To me, is one of the not only a testament to Steve Leeds, but a testament to me for being Steve Leeds' buddy. It's awesome. There he is. Oh, that's a great picture of him. Yeah, it is. A nice shirt on. I wouldn't mind having that blown up and turned into Leeds t shirts. Live at Leeds. We could go with that fucking thing. Okay. Um. All right, we do got to get going. I want to thank Trout John for just a steal today. Fezzi, it was 500 at the beginning of the show. You pulled it off to, what, 18? Something around 1,800? Close, yep. So you rallied at the end. Yep. That last 45 minutes, you pulled it out, and you proved why you're a champion. Well, I think there was a lot of help there. Don't ever be down on yourself. Don't ever be down on yourself. That was a one-man fucking show. If you'll go back, you'll listen to it, and you'll find out that it was. Uh, Hicks, what's that picture of? Looks like Steve Leeds with uh, Randy Johnson. Or Jackson. By Randy Jackson and Jackson 5. I'm not fucking kidding here. Steve Leeds looks like he could have been Fez Watley at that time. Or at least one of Fez's brothers. They're wearing the fucking same kind of beard. Fezzy, by the way, why don't you try it? Shave the beard down, let it come back in. Oh, start all over? Yeah. Okay. You got a certain thing I think you, you need to switch up there. Who's he with here? 
Oh, this is he's in a classroom. I'm not sure who he's talking St- to. Uh, Steve teaches a class. Mm-hmm. He teaches a class of young music professionals. I'm always waiting for him to come ask me to join in and be part of it some night and fucking talk to the kids. That'd be great. Um, legally, I can't. I can't get that close to children. But really, what happened? Whatever happened, happened. Who looks backwards? Not me. All right. It's kind of a strange... Come on, <laughs> Steve. I'm so I'm so seriously proud of you. He, yeah, you you're my publicist. But seriously, you've had a career in the music business. You've lived a life in that business, and to be thanked from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stage, that's phenomenal. That's got to feel good to you. It was it was a moment. Definitely, it was a moment. I um, I thank Darlene. It was very kind of her. And, and she mentioned Sirius XM, which was nice, too. Well, the important thing is this. Without Steve Leeds, I don't know if there is a Sirius XM, and you know it and I know it. it. We've <laughs> talked about it so many times. Come on, the guy upstairs is going to have issues with that. Don't say that. It's true, and he and you should be thanked for it. All right, we got to go to, uh, well, it's the end of our show, but Steve Leeds, thanks so much, buddy. And thank you, Ron, and thank you, Fez. And you don't need a goatee. You're fine the way you are. Oh! Whoa. So kind. Looks like somebody's making friends. Uh, that's the end of my show. show. If you missed any or all of it, check out the Ron and Fez replay. Weekdays at 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific. Sirius 197, XM202, The Virus.